This is Michael. Uh, chattering his teeth off, and Jacob's on the other side. Jacob, how is winter treating you? It's a bit nippy and freezing, but it'll be fine. Although my lips feel torn up, it's kind of like how I imagined uh, the mouth of Sauron felt. You know, <laughs> where he had all those split lips. It doesn't like get... that, but not that bad. A lot of people don't get this. That they think all of California is like this warm summer haven. It is not like that. I mean, right now, of course, part of it's engulfed in flames. Uh, and then, of course, Napa was engulfed in flames earlier this year. But um, Napa get, does get cold. It doesn't really rain much there, but it does get cold. Because I, I do know that there are many days where I had to grab my winter jacket. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Oh, gosh, especially up north in Sh- uh, Shasta in particular. That's where all, like, most of the, all the snow is. Yeah, well, it's, it's, the va- it's the valley. The valley gets very cold. Hot during the day, but cold at night. But up here, it still hasn't snowed yet, but it is it is below 32, and I'm, I'm expecting something, like at least a dusting. Oh, yeah, like crop dusting? <laughs> there you go. There's some crop dust for you. <laughs> I like to do that. Uh, it's that time of year where I slowly go insane, because first off, we're playing uh, Christmas music all year long, and uh, or all month long. And uh, the customers are becoming irate, illogical, uh, just rude as hell. They act like we're their servants and then we're supposed to bow down before them. I don't do that very well. In fact, I'm a fucking smartass. Uh, some lady insisted that I be fired because I didn't know what uh, Quick Seal was. Or Flex Seal. Flex Seal. Oh, God forbid you don't know what some shitty on TV product is. I, did, I, did, I didn't even know it was, I didn't even know it was an ass seen on TV product because I don't watch the regular television. Everything I watch is either on disc or you know streaming through Netflix or something like that. And um, we were standing in the bandage area, so I, or the medical area, so I assumed it was like a bandaid or something. She goes, "You know what it is? You're just being stupid." And then it just got worse from there. So this is the time I'm ready to break mentally. I'm angry all the time. I'm frustrated. And it's nice to pause a little bit and do this show so I keep some shred of sanity. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Plus, you know, it being you know, the holidays themselves, you know, everybody's just out in a rush, just trying to get fucking gifts and spending so much goddamn money. You know, I, I'm at the point where I just want to say, you know what, fuck you, Christmas, you're too expensive. <laughs> I, you know, I went to the, uh, there's a light show. Well, not really a light show, I don't know what you call it, but there's a, a mill here. Um, really old mill that they've saved, and they have events there, like concerts and stuff like that. They had a Christmas showing, and everybody was actually pretty solid. Nobody was being a jerk. Um, it, it was it was a, a, sh- a rare shred of positivity during this uh, time of year when everybody's obsessed with getting that particular item. Um, but I'll tell you this, cold as hell, I'd rather have an icicle shoved up my butt than do that again. I just, it was so cold. You might as well have had an icicle shoved up your butt from it being so cold. It's just, you couldn't tell it was there. It was building slowly inside you until, pow! Yeah, I'm not acclimated. Now, The uh, 15 years ago when I lived in Indiana, um, I would have, like, scoffed. It's like, 29 degrees? Are you serious? You loser? Like, I remember it being 7 degrees and just going, you know what? I'm tired of being in the house. I'm going to put on a coat, and I just went for a walk mm-hmm. in the and snow. that worked yeah. out for you. Yeah, it was fine. I walked, I think, like a couple miles just, just to clear my head. It was like Christmas and the whole family was there and it was just stressful. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to throw on some uh, thick pants and uh, a coat and just go for a walk. And I just popped in my headphones and listened to some Frank and Dean. Um, by the way, now I can't stand Frank and Dean because there's this one song at work that won't stop playing. It's called A Marshmallow World. Have you ever heard this song before? No, but it's, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, it goes uh it's a marshmallow world that we're living, and a bunch of nonsense after that. And you're just like, "What are you? Are you 
I know you pretended to be drunk, but I think when you wrote this, you actually were drunk. I'd rather listen to Bad and Well, no, actually, no. I can't stand either song. Never mind. There's it's a, probably just as bad as Bad and Bougie. Well, the problem is... At least you can hear the lyrics clearly. They're not mumbling. There's <laughs> about a thousand Christmas songs out there, but it seems like the same 12 get repeated over and over because it must be cheap to get from the catalog owners. But, I mean, it just it's strange right. because, like, I mentioned uh, Christmas Time in Hollis, Queens, which I think is the greatest Christmas song of all time. Or maybe a couple of the Weird Al ones, and everybody's just like, no, that's not a Christmas song. Bullshit. Bullshit. You just don't like rap. That's the thing. Yeah, people don't exactly. admit that. When they say that rap isn't music, um, I just go, oh, you're just saying you're racist. Because it, clearly it's music. It's words to a beat. It's music. Shut up. I know, exactly. Like, same thing with, like, country. Like, all the same song. Like, you know, you generalize, you know, country all being the same or yeah. this genre being the same or that. Now you're just generalizing and just because you don't like it. And I think when uh, they bash rap like that, you know, it kind of, there is some deep down rooted racism to it. That's why. And I played, um, we have this one speaker. I know we're going we're gonna to get to the point, people. This episode is about Spawn and South Park. We like to do a little warm-up first. Uh, I was playing, uh, there's a speaker on display. It's a big shitty speaker, and it just has fancy lights. And they want us to push it because we have way too many of them. They're not selling. So they said, play music on it. And I was like, all right, I'll play some music on this. And I put on Van Halen. Because, you know, Van Halen's what, around 40 years now? And uh, so they're classic rock. Old people love Van Halen because, you know, they probably discovered when they were 20, so they're 60 now. And I put on a fairly moderate song from them. And some lady goes, did you purposely pick the worst song ever to play on this? And I go, nope. And I cranked it up a little bit, and I just let it go. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in no fucks mood. No, give no fucks mood. Oh, that's perfect. And which song was it, just out of curiosity? Uh, it was a Sammy Hagar one. Um, uh, oh. I, you know, I can't remember. I know everybody hates Sammy Hagar. <laughs> In retrospect, everybody hates Sammy Hagar, but at the time he was massive, and I still think he is a very valid singer. He, okay, so there's two Van Halens. Oh. There, there's Party Van Halen, which everybody loves, David Lee Roth, and there was the more pensive one with, um, well, sort of pensive. Some of their songs were still risque and party-like. Um, Pound Cake, come on, tell me that's not a filthy song. Um, oh, that's a definitely. A I like both versions of Van Halen. Uh, part three doesn't really even exist. When uh, what did Sharon something Sharon from Extreme became the lead singer? That lasted all like Never five minutes. Part, part three. Yeah, there, there was a third <laughs> singer in 1998, and it was a huge flop, and he wasn't good. So yeah, no, that sucks. But yeah, no, honestly, Sammy Hager, I like him uh, on his own. You know, when he's a solo act, but when it came to Van Halen, he got a little too, a little too. Um, a little too mainstream and a little too happy. It's funny. The worst line, though, is uh, time will tell if we can stand the test of time. I'm like, no, no. That is a redundant Right? That is the same, it's the same kind of writing when you're like, um, oh, what is it? Everybody's working for the weekend by Loverboy. And it's like, we got to start at the start. Well, where else are you going to start, dumbass? You have a fucking time machine? You want to you wanna go back before? You want to have a prequel to the song? <laughs> oh Everybody's working during the deep. What? Oh my gosh, Michael, we have to go back in time and make sure this song is correct. Marty! Oh! <laughs> um, Alright, so... Oh, Doc, you can't do... <laughs> so it is the... It's tor- hard to get a uranium for the time machine now these days. Um, you have to use some kind of fuel source. So in entertainment news, uh, a couple of notes right before we, we jump into Spawn and South Park. Um, I showed you the Woody Woodpecker trailer. What did you think of it? Because I've, I've heard nothing but terrible things, but I enjoyed it. No, I got a kick out of it, too. I mean, the way all the gags and everything were set up, it was, like, live-action cartoonish elements. 
kind of like what you'd see in um, Raising Arizona or like Looney Tunes Blast from the Past, you know, something like that. Yeah, a lot of people, it's not like Woody Woodpecker was grade A. It was a cult following at best. Woody Woodpecker was always middle of the road. He wasn't that low rent uh, junk like Terry Tunes or whatever. And he wasn't upper echelon like Tom and Jerry, uh, the Warner Brothers and Disney cartoons. It was always middle of the road. So it's I don't know what people are expecting out of the movie. The fact that it even exists should shock people. And it's really made for international audiences because I've, I've heard that uh, Woody, Peck, Woody, sorry, I can't talk. Woody Woodpecker is still massive in South America. So... You know, it's going to be a direct video release here, so it's done for, what, maybe 12, 15 million? It looks good for how cheap it is. Exactly, I know. Uh, it, it just amazes me that, uh, like, even movies can have that kind of quality, but cost so little. And it just goes to show, it's like, studios, you don't have to put too much for quality, all right? I mean, I think they're just spending it on advertisements and everything else. Yeah, um, I was trying to go through all the animated cartoons that are coming up the next year, and none of them are really knocking my socks off. But that caught my interest because I thought that maybe it might have deserved theatrical release, at least maybe like, you know, 800 screens or something like that. But it's just not done that way anymore. And I also saw the Popeye trailer, which they said is coming in 2018, but you and I have discussed it before. I think that was just a test reel that's never going to happen. Sadly, yes. I know, because Sony decided to go with the fucking emoji movie which is a goddamn disaster yeah so train wreck we play animated movies at work all the time to show off the tvs they're bright and boisterous and it's family safe um captain underpants played for like two months and i was actually very pleased with that one they talked about putting cars three in and i go over my dead body and then they said what about the emoji movie okay after my dead body you're gonna revive it like frankenstein and then you're gonna have to kill me again because of not putting that in so finally, we got uh, we got Despicable Me three, which I've never been a huge fan of those movies, but I'm fine. I think the minions are cute. Oh yes, of course. You can't go wrong with the minions. That's one of the things that drew people to watch it, especially kids. Who doesn't want a little minion with yeah. their own little perk? Um, when I worked uh, at Target um, in my office, um, I shared it with my friend Andrew, who does uh, guest episodes of this. Um, we used to have a minion on our desk, so when we were stressed out, we would just play with it. And if you pull him to the left, he would fart. You pull him on the right, uh, I think he would giggle. And if you touch him on the tongue, he goes banana. <laughs> oh, God, how can anyone not like that? Unless you're just, like, a soulless asshole. Yeah. Uh, Illumination just signed with Nintendo to make a Mario Brothers movie. What do you think of this? Oh, ho, 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 that's awesome. They better get it right. Okay, remember what happened with Bob Hoskins yeah. and John Leguizamo? Yeah, that wasn't even a Mario Brothers movie. Don't tell me that. That was, that was like a script for something else that they just molded into a Mario movie. It, uh, I think they're going to get it right this time. Illumination really has uh, a good idea of what makes a great animated movie that's appealing to all audiences. Um, keen uh, designer quality. Um, you, know, you know, another company that no one's talking about is Warner Brothers' new animation line. Uh, they really gave it a strong identity. I thought Storks looked pretty solid. Uh, I think Baby Boss was theirs. I could be wrong. But um, oh, Boss Baby was DreamWorks. Was it? Okay, okay. Um, but uh, I think Illumination will do right by Mario. And I hope it opens the door for more Nintendo movies. Nintendo's finally becoming relevant again because the Wii U was a big fucking flop. And um, you know it's been 10 years since the Wii came out, right? 10? Maybe not 10. Yeah. Uh, so the Switch is taking off like gangbusters. And it was really smart for them to combine both a handheld with a home console. So it looks like the DS is going to die, as far as I know. Almost, yeah. I mean, it, it, 
makes it look irrelevant. I mean, if you take a little screen with you with the little uh, handheld controllers and just play it on the side like an actual, you know, handheld. Yeah, well, but, you can I also mean, play. With, where, yeah, you can play with a friend too. So, um, and, and it's a home console, so it's an all-in-one system, which I think is very appealing to families who are on a budget. And it's also it is time for Mario to become that grade A household name all over again when he started to fade a little bit. Zelda, Metroid. Um, what else do they have? Um, Icarus. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong is yeah 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 yeah. Donkey Kong needs to be revived definitely. Yeah no, they haven't really done so much uh, with uh, anything for Donkey Kong, especially with the Wii U. Uh, he just starts as a guest character in uh, Super Mar- Super Mario uh, Kart Eight. What's surprising? Oh what's surprising is that Disney hasn't bought up a game system. It really does because they're so integral now with you know doing their own games. They you think it would just be easier for them to buy their own console. The only reason I can see why not is because where's all the money made? It's not on the console. It's on the software. Guess what? Physical copies are starting to dry up. You know, game... Uh, I can't remember the name of it all of a sudden. GameStop is starting to suffer. You know, so it's starting to become either about retro gaming or it's becoming about digital for new games. Hmm. I don't know. I prefer, like, having an actual copy. I do. Well, it's hard to say, like, okay, so I got Borderlands 2. That's the last new game, I think, or it was... Uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon, um, I got those for like five bucks, like for Black Friday deals. And that's fun. It's a lot cheaper to. Here's the thing I don't understand. Why is it so much cheaper to get physical copies, or sorry, digital copies of video games, but when you want a digital copy of a movie, sometimes it's crazy expensive, and then you just go right over to the store and you get it for half the price? I don't understand. You're not actually giving anybody anything physical, so you're not making and manufacturing, you're just sending data. Why is this yeah, exactly. so expensive? I don't know. It just—it's absolutely absurd. Honestly, I mean, sometimes as far as like digital games, I've only been able to buy a couple, but that's because they're cheaper than a physical copy within store. Yeah, there's like a huge like you know for the Arkham Asylum collection. Like instead of like what thirty bucks, I got it for twelve because it was you know Batman Day, and then wait, there's the a thing called Batman. You know, having... Hold on, what, what's Batman Day? Did I miss this? I did not get this memo. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, the anniversary of his uh, first appearance in Detective Comics. Wow, I did not know this. Now you do. Yeah, Disney to do. Disney has bought Fox, so it seems like Disney is more interested in not being Disney these days. Uh, they are sitting on all of their known properties. You and I have bitched about Tron Three not being made for years now. Um, yeah. Mickey is sitting on the sidelines, so are all the classic characters. They just pop up every once in a while. Like, you know, like, what was that game that they had? What was that Disney game? Mickey's Epic Brush? No, 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 no. It's one of the figures. Disney Infinity? Infinity, thank you. Uh, That's the last time we really saw those classic characters. Even Pixar seems to be taking a step back. They're not promoting it as much as they should. I mean, um, what is the new one that they have out? Um, Coco? Incredibles? No, Coco. Oh, yeah, Coco. You know, I've heard that's great, but I've seen hardly any promotion for it. And Disney doesn't seem to be interested in their in their own company and their own properties now. So all they've been doing for the last decade is buying up. Like I get, I get why they bought the Muppets. I get it. You know, the brand was suffering. They had a connection to it because they had produced and released like what three of the films? I think maybe four. Yeah, so, at least four. So I can see why that was a deep interest because they were such a strong. Like the way they bought Pixar makes sense. But then they bought Marvel and then they bought. Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and then now they've bought Fox. Why the fuck do they want Fox? Why didn't they just buy back the rights to the Star Wars home rights, you know, the the original six, um, X-Men and Fantastic Four, 
And that's it. They probably could have paid a hundred million dollars and got those back from Fox, and they would have been glad to. But they they bought the whole studio, the whole network, the entertainment division. I don't understand why this is even of interest. In fact, I think it's actually illegal for them to own Fox, which means they're going to have to close Fox or sell it. Well, as long as they close the news part, I'll be more than oh, happy. more than fucking happy for that shit to go. But here's the thing: is that that wasn't part of the deal. They kept oh. they kept the sports and news stations because Robert Murdoch is a, a seething wart on uh, your foot during a long walk. He's he's pussy. He's causing pain, and he's just ruining everything. And they're gonna have to lop off your foot soon because of it. And that's Rupert Murdoch. Uh, he is a crazed Australian right wing nut job who uh, thirty years ago was given citizenship by Ronald Reagan, no questions asked. And allowed to open his own news network, which he deemed as a entertainment network, um, so that they couldn't be sued for spreading false stories. And there started exactly. the fucking cult that is this extreme right wing nut dot. And just, it's insane. There are no facts left on this station, and it doesn't even matter to them because they don't care. They have their audience, and they got their loophole out of being sued. Exactly, I know, just because they're registered as an entertainment network. So that just means they're not to be taken seriously. Right, yeah, and yet for some reason there's no warning saying for entertainment purposes only. It, it, they act like it's a legitimate news site, which is bullshit. <laughs> exactly, but here's what really does bug me about their entertainment division. I mean, Deadpool. No, no PG. You will not PG Oh, Deadpool. yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Kingsman. Okay, so these are the franchises that are hot right now. I don't know what they're going to do with Planet of the Apes. I haven't seen the third one yet. I don't know if there's a possibility for a continuation. Who are we kidding? It's Planet of the Apes. There are always stories to tell. So what are they going to do with that? What are they going to do with Kingsman? Because clearly there's going to be a third one. And Deadpool. I mean, it's R. It's R, and I feel like they're going to edit it and just screw it up. And, and then what about the future endeavors? Is Ryan Reynolds going to walk? Oh, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds would walk if they would told him, no, we can't have R-rated because families are going to see it and this and that. I'm like, God, and he's probably just going to yell at the talk of his own in pure Deadpool fashion. Like, look at little Mickey Mouse here wearing motherfucked heart. and just saying yeah. so <laughs> this, all sorts of obscenities. Yeah. Them, like, the actual reasons. Like, dude, Deadpool made a lot of money. It just goes to show adults want to see these movies too. Now, fucking deal. You're still yeah. making money. During the early 90s, or sorry, late 80s, early 90s, uh, Disney was more than just Disney. They uh, they started Touchstone Pictures, I think, in 85 or 86, um, which did PG-13 and R-rated movies. They did Hollywood Pictures in 1990, which did more genre-oriented stuff. A lot of those were R-rated. Oh, yeah. Then, for some reason, in 94, they bought Miramax Dimension. And because that filled that niche of genre movies, they closed down Hollywood Pictures, I believe, in 98. Uh, no, 99 after... Um, uh, Sixth Sense came out. And then all of a sudden, uh, Touchstone Pictures is pretty much not... It's not even a thing now. They barely... They release like one movie a year. So why is it... The only Here's what I think is going to happen. Disney wanted the catalog for their digital streaming system because they're going to go compete with Netflix. They want those titles in their catalog. I don't even think they're interested in home video rights. So I think they're only going to keep those digital streaming rights and they're going to keep the properties they want... And then they're going to sell it off because, yes, Disney makes a lot of money, but they don't make that much fucking money. I mean, they're already in the hole a couple billion just from each one that they bought. You know, Star Wars has probably paid itself off. Maybe Marvel has, but I'm sure there's debt on top of that. You know, interest accrued. So I think that they're going to have to uh, sell Fox off, which is for the best. 
because I can't see them running both. But this is where I get worried. They now own The Simpsons. They own Family Guy, uh, Bob's Burgers. What are they going to do with it? I don't think I don't think they might not want to. Who knows what they'll want to do with it? Uh, as, as far as like the rights to uh, like the Marvel properties, I'm I'm glad they got Fantastic Four back, but I'm not too happy about you know them censoring X Men or Deadpool. It may happen, it may not. It's more likely it's going to happen, but they've also, like I said, they've made R-rated movies before. They might release Deadpool under a different label. Um, Hell no. uh, Well, no, 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 no. Release it under their, like, Hollywood Pictures label, which was always meant for R-rated movies. Um, Good. But uh, they cannot own Fox Networks. It's against FCC. Well, fuck. The FCC is so corrupt now. I mean, and soon you won't be able to listen to this podcast, probably, or you'll have to pay an extra tier just to listen to this one. It's fucked, dude. We're all fucked. This is insane. We're living in a, a, a crazed madhouse right now. It's a madhouse. A madhouse. Jeremy. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. Bash them right the fuck in. Yeah, so it, say they do keep the properties from Fox. They're going to have to shut down that network. Just They're going to shut down, period. Besides, we're in the day where nobody's really watching network television shows. They're watching cable, they're watching streaming, or they're watching what they have on USB di- uh, disc or whatever. So they're going to keep uh, ABC. They'll take. I, I'm going to guess they're going to take the premium shows like the like Empire and stuff like that. They're going to move it over to ABC. Then they'll take kind of the cult uh, shows and move them over to FX. They're going to shut FX FXX down. That is a waste of time. I don't even know why it exists. Well, I don't know Legion with the. Um... You know the uh, X Men show that one's pretty great. Yeah, uh, but that that is clearly that is clearly an FX show, and Sunny in Philadelphia is getting long in the tooth. Simpsons long in the tooth. All these shows are getting very very old and tired. I don't even know really what's left on FFX, FXX. Uh, yeah, no, I mean I'm not even sure if Louis still continuing. After no, this. I'm sure that's done, and so is the league. So those are the those are the name shows. FX FXX needs to disappear. Period. No matter what happens. Mm. Mm, gosh, speaking of old shows. 20th anniversary of Spawn. Yeah. And and South Park is 20 years. I know, my gosh. I was only a t- I was like what? 8? 20 years. Right? Yeah, I was. I was 9. I was 9 years old. My gosh. Um uh, now, you know what did what kind of confused me thinking back on South Park? I remember the first episode airing was a Halloween episode where uh it's called Pink Eye. Oh, and, uh, okay. So you're you're a little bit into it. Oh, okay. I think that was season 2. I could no uh, the Ghost Pirates, I think, is season two. Here's the thing: is I didn't go rewatch this because it would take me a year. I'm going on memory. Um, I watched the movie again. I got up to about season, okay, uh, Fantasyland. Uh, I think I went two seasons after that Imagination Land one, um, maybe three. So I'm about six years behind. So I don't know what's going on with the show right now. Um, but uh, we, it was a phenomenon. It was a fucking phenomenon within weeks of South Park debuting. I had heard. A little bit about it before it ever aired um but when it finally came on we all watched it and it was just mind-blowing that anything like that could happen on television i know well it being comedy central they took a risk but my god it was such a huge it, it was it, it was well worth it i mean all these little like what third graders you know like getting themselves into like crazy shenanigans you know swearing and one friend always dying and still coming back <laughs> What the, like every episode. When, when they moved to the fourth grade, it was, it was like a revolutionary thing. Like, what? They advanced their – I mean, they, they, how old is Bart now in our years compared to on the show? He's like aged one year in, in 30 almost? Yeah, 30 years, my God. I know, right? It debuted last week, uh, 1989. 
So yeah, it's 28 oh, years okay. old. Whereas South Park, it, it's are they up to fifth grade yet, or have they done this? I I'm not even sure that I, I, it's been a while since I've like watched it. You know, like any new episodes. So I, I don't even know. Probably not. <laughs> it's uh, within a. A less than a two-year gap, South Park went from being a pilot that nobody was really sure about to having a comedy album, a video game, insane amount of merchandising, a theatrical film. And, you know, I thought basketball, I honestly thought basketball was going to be huge because those guys were so red hot. Oh, God, yes, I know. Honestly, they didn't even have, they didn't uh, write or direct or produce uh, basketball. They just started it. It was all them. Yeah, so but you, you could tell, yeah, there a lot of improv, and I think there was just ideas they were winging on the set. And the movie was a big flop, even though there's tons of promotion for it. I thought it was hilarious. I, it, I was a big fan of it. As I've gotten older, I could see there's some flaws in it. But when I was a kid, we played that game. We played that um, on our, um, our back porch because I had a basketball court, a half court. Uh, well, maybe, oh, wow. a, maybe a quarter court. Um, it, it wasn't that big. Well, it was small. It seemed bigger. But um, we used to pick sections of uh, the, uh, well, I can't think of it, the ground that would be certain levels. Like, okay, from here to here, it's a single, double, triple. And if you get it all the way back here on the line, it's a home run. If you get it from the yard, it's, it's a, 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 you know, a in-ground double, something. You know, we think of some sort of rules. If you miss, of course, it was a strike. <laughs> it's like, so it's like horse? No, it's not like horse. <laughs> uh, squeak <laughs> should have been gone after <laughs> all that no journey did we say no journey <laughs> we said no more journey cycles no that was Steve Perry that's when he was uh, solo <laughs> <laughs> Steve your mom Perry squeak <laughs> oh gotta go home and push out my ball <laughs> 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 oh yeah when he's like the blood spraying everywhere oh man but for real South Park is what definitely you know got Shay Parker and Matt Stone like huge fame. Yeah. Like it, I mean, and then it led to, uh, you know, Shay Parker doing his own thing like uh, Team America and uh, Book of Mormon, the musical. Oh, Team America. What a, what a torturous production that was. Team America. It was like they're still filming like two weeks before I think they made the print. And I was like, that's nuts. You don't make a movie like that. But it worked out so well. It was yeah. just as fucking crazy and zany like uh, South Park, but with puppets. Yeah, but- so before they ever did South Park, uh, they did um, Cannibal the Musical and Cannibal Orgasmo. Musical. Have you seen either one of those? Yes, I have. I loved both of them. Cannibal. I, you could tell like how cheap it was. It was like when he was a student in uh, film school. Yeah, Park. and I think they made Orgasmo and... for a million or something like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Or, uh... <laughs> orgasmo. Oh, God. Oh, yes. I can, I can stop you. I'll just use my Orgasmo Ray. <laughs> you cocky right. prick. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Jonah boy. <laughs> but that well, that part when he's like, I can't say that out loud. He goes, what? He goes, I can't read that line right there. Uh, the Asfuck twins. Yeah, I can't say that. And he goes, what's wrong with you? I'm a Mormon. And it's like, what? What are you doing here? <laughs> Look, you the last. I've been pretty patient with you. He's just getting mad at him. You cocky oh, prick. Man. I don't know why I find that so funny. It's such a stupid line. But I, I say, oh, yeah. I, to this day, I say spadoinkle um, whenever I get excited about something. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Like, ever since hearing it, like I've been saying it. Like Oh, my God. I think the first time I saw it, I was like a sophomore in high school. And like out of nowhere, like I decided to say that instead of shit so I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Which Cannibal Man. the Musical, um, or sorry, Orgasmo has kind of um, – 
repeat moments in uh, South Park, the TV show, because Orgasmo reminds me of Awesomeo, which is my favorite, flat-out favorite episode of South Park ever. Oh, gosh. Awesomeo. I can't remember which one was awesome. That's the one where Cartman uh, gets in the box and says he's this robot just so he can trick um, Butters into taking him to uh, some sort of like Disneyland ripoff. But he has to stay as uh, Awesomeo the entire time. It gets really awkward and weird. <laughs> Who knew Butters was to become such a main character? Like he, the first five or six seasons, I don't even know if he's even in there. Like you see him in the movie as like a bit, but slowly he becomes more. Oh, and Token, Token becomes an important part of the show. Yeah, no, like they slowly just start out as background characters. There was not much to them the first two seasons. How? But Ike, though, I, I do want to say something about Ike. I kid you not, I, just the way he spoke. Because they actually use the little kid's voice. This time, uh, now, it's actually Trey Parker's daughter that does the voice of Ike. <laughs> That's cool. It's I know, it's so adorable. If you actually see the behind-the-scenes footage. No. Like, you know, it has her repeating the lines and the uh, language. I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's such a cute bonding moment between father and daughter. And also, uh, whenever Kyle would say, kick the baby, <laughs> and then Ike would repeat it, and I'd be like, no, kick the baby. <laughs> I, I, Every time Ike said something, it was just hilarious. Even in the the movie, where oh, they go right. to yeah, look yeah. on the computer to create La Resistance, and then Ike just says, uh, and then they tell Ike to get out of the room because of the because uh, they're watching a dirty video with Carmen's mom. Oh right, <laughs> Shiza. Yeah, no, and then uh, Ike just goes bullshit. <laughs> The most fucked up episode, and they all seem to be about Cartman. There's so many episodes, because he became basically the main character, even though he's the worst character. Um, <laughs> whereas Kyle is probably the intended, Kyle and Stan are clearly the intended main characters. Where Kenny just seems to be cannon fodder and butters and stuff like that, just for the butt of the jokes. But um, <laughs> it, it's weird that so many people seem to, I don't know if they subconsciously identify with Cartman or why they enjoy him so much, because he says what's a, that's the scary thing. It reminds me why Trump is now president is because a lot of people are fucked up and they're kind of keeping it hidden until lately. Uh, but I think Cartman is a weird way of venting their god-awful behavior. Oh, yeah, no. Fucking Cartman. Respect my authority. Like asshole. Yeah. Well, what's the <laughs> one where uh, the guy makes fun of him and uh, he ends up in this long, elaborate trick and gets him to eat his own parents. Oh know? my god, yes. Uh, that was the Radiohead episode. Uh, yeah, no, he was just going after uh, what the fuck Scott Tenderman. That's god, the guy's name. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a messed up but episode. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, no. It just showed how sadistic and crazy Cartman is. Like, oh my god. He knew the whole plan. He knew Scott's plan. You know, that was, which ended up being part of his plan. You know, it's like, you know, Scott was going to switch out uh, this particular chili for that, the one with pubic hairs in it. But yeah. no. Cartman saw right through that. He knew Kyle and, K- and Stan would uh, betray him. <laughs> oh my god, let me taste it too. The sadness. Yummy. Yummy. I was like, oh god. <sighs> or do you remember <laughs> the one when they went after Family Guy so hard? Oh god, yeah, because Cartman hated being compared to it and all that shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and well, oh, is there is a reoccurring character that I absolutely love, and it's Tally. Hey, you, wanna, you guys want to get high? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I <laughs> no, love the part where he's. They're supposed to do the. Uh, I think it was about a game system, and Tally's trying to help them, and he's trying to enter the passcode, and uh, he answered it. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, that's it. They're like, that's the key code. No, that's the tune to uh, <laughs> Funky Town. <laughs> <laughs> 
honestly, uh, my favorite episode, I think, would have to be um, either Chef Aid or Chef's Chocolate Salty Balls. Oh, my God. I, I know. The thing is, it was, yet, actual, it was an actual eatery. It wasn't a reference to anything. Yeah. Well, he got kicked off the show, right? Because he decided that he could no longer be part of the show because they were making fun of Scientology. That uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was off the show because he died. No, no, I am almost certain that he left the show or he was kicked off the show because he had serious issues with them mocking Scientology because he's a Scientologist or was a Scientologist. But here's the hypocrisy of it all. He was completely okay when they're making fun of other religions. He should have known at some point that Scientology was going to come up because. Let's, let's be straight with you. The only reason that people view Scientology as a wacko religion is because it's newer than the other religions. Guess what? They're all fucking insane. There's levels of insane, like Buddha, uh, Buddhism, a little insane, just a tad insane. Um, but then as you get lower on the level, it's just, oh, that's nuttier, nuttier, nuttier. It's all kind of insane. It's cult-like mentality, just on a bigger level. Um, so Scientology is mock-worthy, but it's no different than any other religion. They're all fair game. And it's a fucking scam. Uh, yeah, it's... I'm glad Leia Ramini's out of it. Thank you. Um, like, Tom Cruise, you need to leave. Yeah. Will Smith and Jane, I hope you guys left. I wonder, I wonder how much money they have given over to... That's the one thing that is horrifying, though, is the... Um, okay, you know, you know what? Scientology is a little bit worse because the insane amount of control and how much they have manipulated and used their people, you know, financially is disgusting. I mean, I wonder how much money Tom Cruise and John Travolta have left over from what they actually made to what they've given over so they can hit level 19 to be clear. Oh, God. I think it's better if they just abandon that place and just and just burn it all. Just Tom, yeah. do, do what Brad Pitt did in Interview with a Vampire. Just burn the whole place down while they're sleeping. Um, and then cut them up sight. No, stop it. You're going too far. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of those. Oh, of course, Mr. Hand has gone like this weird, crazy loop where he was subtly um, like in the closet and then came out and then it just kept like increasing. And then Mr. Hand, I think, was psychotic one time. And then Mr. Hand, I think, had oh, to yeah, go Mr. to somebody Hatt. else. Oh, yeah, no, it was Mr. Hand. Uh, I think it was um, the Kathy Lee Gifford episode where, <laughs> again, Mr. Garris, like, she's going to visit to town because of this uh, Cartman's uh, essay, like, got wide got, you know, huge attention, and Kathy Lee Gifford decided to come into town, and so Mr. Garrison has, like, a personal vendetta against her from when they were kids, because she beat him in a contest. <laughs> and then, you know, you see Mr. Hat, like, come to life, like, in the middle of the night, just saying to Mr. Garrison, kill her. <laughs> it's, like, spinning around. <laughs> Do you remember the torturous wait between episodes, especially in the beginning, because it was just them and, like, a small crew putting together the episodes? And it was like, oh my god, could we get another one? Now it's like they got everything going. Like I think by season two or three, they got things lined up properly. So ten episodes, ten episodes, done. Or eight episodes, eight episodes, done. And um, it's amazing that their show is so of the moment because literally something will happen on Tuesday. And by the next Tuesday, they have that in an episode because their animation has been so streamlined. Yes, that, you know, especially with the technology available now, you know, just take a photo and then just animate it through that way. And plus, I mean, me being a kid, like when it was first coming out, of course I was impatient. I mean, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more, you know, more of Cartman's shenanigans. I wanted to see, well, I don't know, Kenny, there are times where I did feel bad for him. Except for the Christmas episode, because he actually didn't die. That was like the huge thing, because everybody's like, wait a minute. Like, right near the end of the episode, everyone just goes, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, something's not right. Wasn't something supposed to happen? Huh? And then it goes to Kenny, 
and then like the credits appear overhead. You know, yeah. at the end. And yeah. I think it goes. <laughs> 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 um, you know, I always thought that was Dion Bacar who was the voice of Kenny for the longest time. You know, Dion Bacar is actually the best actor in baseball. He's actually pretty talented, but you know, to let's, let's let's be straight up here. He looks like an elf. He looks like a human elf, and therefore his acting career was always going to be a little pulled in. Didn't he play like Satan's lover or something like that at one point before Saddam? Yes, he did. Yeah, no, Gary, I think his name was. <laughs> um, oh, God. I think that the show kind of peaked with Imagination Land. There's been good episodes since then, but I think it kind of peaked with that, which was 2009. The show's still going. I, I don't see them wanting to stop unless Comedy Central decides they need to stop because the show is still relevant more than probably anything else on um, television except maybe Saturday Night Live, where it's of now, of the moment, current storylines. It hasn't exhausted itself and become stale like some moments in Simpsons have become incredibly stale. Oh, and God, I almost, yes. I almost I gave up numerous times. I don't know. Even my friend who's a huge fan of The Simpsons, he loves Simpsons. Uh, he has, like, every season on uh, DVD. He, even he says, like, these latest episodes, they're not, he even says, like, they're not really trying anymore. Which they don't really need to because people still, like, will like it and love it regardless. Same with Family Guy. I mean, even Seth MacFarlane clearly stated that. So, yeah, it's already built in. People are always going to watch it. And uh, who knows? I think they're probably going to wait till the 30th uh, anniversary and then they'll be done. Maybe. But how would it end? I know, right? I have no idea. Oh, I, I still think the movies are a relevant idea. They should just do a movie like every three years. They can come up with a good movie every few years. Uh, but do you think that Matt and Trey are done with movies? Do you think they'll turn Book of Mormon? I don't think they'll turn Book of Mormon into a movie because I don't think anybody will fund it. It's way too controversial. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially, And it'll probably be banned in Utah. Oh, I'm sure it will because that whole state is basically like Salt Lake City. Holy shit. Um, uh, that now that is a I've never seen such a religion blow up based on a con artist lie. I it just it's it's insane that people don't bother using any logic. What what I'm realizing over the last year is that people already have an idea in their head and they only want to hear and see things that reinforce. They don't want to question themselves. You know me well enough to know that I say some stupid, insane shit at times. And every once in a while, something so wrongheaded and offensive because I'm kind of a rage-filled monster. Um, I'm a good person, but at the same time, I get so riled up, it's ridiculous. Um, but based on more information, I easily can change my mind. Not, And you could say I'm a flip-flopper. Guess what? Smart people tend to be flip-floppers because as they gain knowledge, they can change their stance on something. It's not a pussy move. It's, it's not a weak move, a spineless move. It is one of a man who is trying to advance himself, or a person trying to advance themselves uh, based on newly gained information. Exactly. Also, um, me too, I could definitely get like angry sometimes, but that's because I categorize myself as an aggressive progressive. Yeah, aggressive. That is, I'm, I'm a futurist is what I usually refer to myself. Is that, uh, well, I used to refer to myself as a retro futurist. Because I used to like to combine new ideas, but with uh, some of the retro qualities. But now that this whole "Make America Great Again" um, has taken over, I I don't want people to confuse that I'm not a retro futurist. I'm just I want to see what's coming next. The next thing over the hill is our bright future. Oh no, pile of shit! Turn the other direction. That's kind of like how. That's kind of how it turned out with the last Jedi. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know why everybody's so angry. I'm a little concerned. I know some people who are fucking furious who wanted a race from canon, and I'm just like, wow, okay, that's strange. 
they have some very valid points. I'll have to tell you that another time. But, any hoodoo, honestly, I would love to see another South Park film, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we definitely need another one with all the new stuff they've brought in. And, and, and speaking of m- movies, uh, this is the one idea that just won't die. I've been hearing about it for like 15 years. The R-rated, lower-budget version of Spawn. Todd McFarlane. Okay, if anybody will play Todd McFarlane, it needs to be Christian Bale because they look and sound alike, except Christian Bale is slightly less douchey. Um, I, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. Even though Bloomhouse is now signed to it, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. Does anybody even give a shit about Spawn anymore? Uh, at this point, I honestly just don't know. I mean, you still see it on Netflix, the one with Michael J. Michael J. White. No, wait, no. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, good. Yes, and John Leguizamo. But I mean, they honestly uh, they need to go back and if they have Amazon Prime, they can look up the entire Spawn series that was on HBO and go back to the actual core and then go back and read the comics as well and look at the core. Um, the core, the core structure of Spawn, of what made him this, why it works, why it was such a huge thing, and honestly, the HBO, I, the HBO animated series uh, that came out. Hell, I watched this when I was. My mom would let me stay up late on the weekends to watch it uh, and let me watch it. And oh my god, this really delved into the psyche of Al Michaels, Al Simmons. Yeah, Al Michaels. I think was a sports commentator. <laughs> How yeah, about that? Yeah. No, that was know, Steve. Damn. That was Marv Alvin. Never mind. Yeah, well, that's because uh, well, that's because uh, the football game's on in the other room. Ah. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, yeah, no, Al, it really goes into the psyche of Al Simmons. You know, see how tortured he is. You know, he made this deal with Malbolgia. Malbolgia. Malbolgia <laughs> looks like fucking shit in that movie. I cannot believe a fifty million dollar, oh, fifty million dollar film. It has the worst Malbosia I've ever seen. I mean, it was... Uh, what, what's that second Mortal Kombat movie? They had the same... Annihilation. Kind of, I bet you it's the same special effects team because it looked like shit in that and the voice work and everything. That, I think it was the same guy, too, that did the voice uh, um, in at the very end of Mortal Kombat. It's... Um, the, Dr. Claw, I'm Malbosia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was hard to do. And... Oh, my God. What's the voice actor's name? Oh, my... Uh, the voice of Fred. Walker? Scooby-Doo. Frank, no, not Frank Walker. Uh, shit. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Frank Walker. Uh, wait, no, this is Maurice LaMarche. No, uh, oh, no, it says, yeah, Frank Walker did Dr. Claus. Yeah, well, that dude has some serious range, by the way. <laughs> yes, he does, dude. It's, it's, it is hard to imitate uh, that to get that deep kind of voice, especially without hurting your throat. Fuck. Yeah, I got a little bit of a little tear in there. I was like, Dr. Claw. Yeah, yeah. Next time, gadget. Next time. Oh, that's pretty good. I, it's hard for me to do for I some like reason it. today. Um, well, I, I got to tell you, the last month or so, I've been really out of air, like trying to do these episodes, trying to get a full breath of air. It's like everybody at work is deaf, and we blast the music too loud, so I find myself yelling all day long, and I get home, and I'm like, <sighs> Wait, do, you, do you ever listen to Tenacious D where he's like, I know how to do nonstop singing. He's like, how's that inward singing? You know, I was like, what? That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then like Kyle, and then Kyle, uh, you know, criticizes him and then he gets all pissed off and then they break up the band. Jack Black has that fucking meltdown. Fuck you, you naysayer. <laughs> <laughs> and then he writes a song about it. Yeah. Kyle quitting the band. <laughs> 
Now we're no, back honestly, together again. Fa la 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 la. What a key going. What's the tango and cash? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, anyway, yeah. I did like how uh, the very first episode of Spawn had an introduction by Todd McFarlane to get, no, you know, uh, I hated that. Did you like that? I thought it was pretentious bullshit. Well, the very first episode, I thought, well, I honestly didn't know much of anything because, you know, I was a kid and all. But then finding out, you know, about the cartoon, and then eventually there was a toy line, which I wanted so badly because I fucking fell in love with it. And then there was, um, of course, reading some of the comics and seeing his artwork. I did like how the um, how the animated series did kind of clean up, like, the lines and everything. Because when you look at Spawn, especially, like, with uh, um, whenever there's rain uh, on a panel, it, there was, oh, my God, so many lines and so much uh, detail. It was nuts. I like how the TV series did clean it up a bit, kind of give it, like, um, a less obscure less obscure shape. Well, they have to. And a lot of these animated shows are done on tiny budgets. I, I feel like HBO gave more money than the standard animated TV show because it was HBO and they're really starting to get red hot. And, um, holy shit. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. I just hit Google and it just showed me Daryl Strawberry would have sex during innings. Like, between innings. That's crazy. <laughs> Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry was like the hottest baseball player in the mid '80s for the Mets, and it says that he had sex between the innings. That's crazy. Like, oh, right, hold on, oh, we got a couple oh more minutes. God. Third strike, gotta go. <laughs> Damn, that was a God. He must not last that long. I'm sorry. Uh, no, with that, and you have some serious stamina. If you're like, I got, uh, I'm not gonna take a nap. I'm gonna go out there and play the best game I've ever played. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry, that was yeah, a weird segue. Okay, for me, Spawn was, um, I never got into the comics. I just couldn't. Uh, I was right at the perfect age when Image Comics debuted. It was red hot, and I read all of them, and I could not connect to a single one except for Savage Dragon and a little bit of Shadowhawk. But Shadowhawk, Shadowhawk always seemed like it was ending. Like, it would do six issues and then end and start over again. Start over, start over, start over. Savage Dragon is still going. Only Spawn and Savage Dragon, as far as I know, are still doing their continuation from 25-something years ago. That is amazing. I, th- I know. It's, it's definitely one of those stories that just doesn't end or reboot, just like that, uh, Judge Dredd. Yeah. That's just still going. Yeah, it's amazing. They've, they've never overhauled it. Now, they've done American debuts for Judge Dredd, which kind of give you a new launching point, but they haven't redone it. Um Savage Dragon, I think I just connected to better. I really loved Eric Larson's art. I always thought Todd McFarlane's art was overwhelming, um, and his stories right. sucked. His, his million-dollar selling storyline Torment is a big bag of shit. It's like oh, six. Wow. It's six issues. It could have been two. It's where he faces off against some voodoo queen and lizard. And it was just torture getting through that. But once Eric Larson came on, man, I was, I'm all on. Oh, I love it. And um, I just, when someone told me that the storyline was still going in the same exact direction it was going like a decade later, I was like, seriously? Doesn't, doesn't Todd McFarlane have something else to say about the character? But at this point, he's not writing it anymore. He's not drawing it because I think Greg Capullo had taken over for a long time. He was running his company, which he was doing some of the most amazing toys I've ever seen in my life. This is the first time we oh saw stuff God, that yes. looked exactly like it did in the movies. Because um, he did those maniac ones. And I had the crow. I had Michael Myers. Um, 
I want to say oh, I, no, there was a species. I think I had Snake Plissken, but he was doing all of those. He was doing all these. Fuck, great, Snake Plissken? I'm pretty sure I had Snake Plissken, but he had all these great toys. I had Dark Man, um, which was amazing. And he was doing baseball oh, yeah. stuff, so he was a huge. I remember when he bought the the baseball, the uh, the, the record breaking baseball for a million dollars, and then I think someone oh, wow. broke the record the next day, and he's like, "Son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> No, but like I said, he has, uh, when it comes to like his little statuettes or action figures, there's so much detail that go into those. And like I said, it's great. Um, I know there's uh, a certain series he still works on. Oh, gosh, it was something very recent. I can't remember. But I did like what he did with the, I think he was the one who did the uh, Metal Gear Solid figurines. The what, what ones? Metal Gear, there were some Metal Gear Solid action oh, figures. Oh, yeah, I, I remember those. Ones. And I remember he did some I sort had... of weird, like, fairy tale monster ones where he would do, like, his own version of them. Wow, he's 56. I had no idea he was that old. Or that he no, was Canadian. He, like he sounds like he's from New York the way he talks. Like, every episode, yeah. you meet a creature like uh, Al Simmons who became the spawn. You know, go, you know, it's like the way he talks is just very uh, odd. Oh, Harvey, Harvey, slime is making a mess everywhere, guys. Oh, jeez. I don't know. It just uh, the way you sounded, it just reminded me of uh, how could I forget her name from Ghostbusters? Oh God, Janine. Yeah, Janine. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. But anyway, uh, getting back to um, his attention to detail. Yeah, you are right. Uh, when, when I was reading a comic, I even did a, an A3 art project off this uh, panel of Spawn. You know, just like overlooking on top of the. Um, like on top of the uh, the church, kind of overlooking the whole yard, and it's just like him, full body, his cape is covering everything. All the lines in that cape, holy shit, took me forever. My art teacher took pity on me, and uh, she uh, gave me some extra time to finish it. Like, she gave me a few more days. <laughs> but it was worth it, because it came out great, actually. Really... Plus, his attention to detail is what, you know, yeah, he actually worked on Spider-Man before he created Spawn. And he started giving, you know, Spider-Man all these more obscure and more uh, like out there acrobatic, you know, uh, movements and poses and detail to the webs. Instead of just you know simple like little black lines, he actually gave it, you know, a, a spiraling and tunneling kind of form as it would shoot out. And again, that detail does pass on to when he creates Spawn. But with the animated series, again, yeah, a lot of that's like cleaned up, but it still held true to you know what it was. And I, I think I think Keith David brings a lot of pathos and a lot oh of rage God, yes. to Spawn that Michael Jai White just could not bring to the character. Uh, of course, I'm a huge fan of Keith David. Um, I used to have a joke that I was going to make a exploitation movie with Keith David and David Keith about two brothers who were adopted by a woman who was killed, and they decided to get revenge, call it like brother, uh, blood brothers or something like that. <laughs> And uh, I was going to have the poster. I even had the poster designed in my head. But, you know, they're, they're so much older now. This is like an idea I had like 15 years ago. And yeah. plus, I didn't realize the movie Four Brothers was essentially the same plot. So forget it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, it could have been an animated movie. And, and he's, in, he's in the great Alien trilogy, The Thing. Uh, uh, they Live and Pitch Black. I mean, it's not a, a trilogy, but I mean, to him, he does three great Alien movies. Yes, he does. Honestly, it's that voice of it too. Uh, when you hear uh, Al Simmons like talk, like you know when he's getting his memories back in the first episode, and then he like shout, and then he remembers that he's back for Wanda. Like, oh my God, the pain in that guy's voice! Like, what the hell have I done? How could I have forgotten? You know where? You know. And oh. it's, it's not like I don't like Michael J. White. 
Uh, he's one of the greatest martial artists oh, of no. all time, um, and he's Juilliard trained. Uh, maybe the only martial artist that's Juilliard trained, but uh, there's something missing, and it's not his fault, I think. It's the director. The director was a special effects guy. He had no real skill with directing people. Um, they changed exactly. An- they changed Angela, which I thought was bullshit. So she looks kind of ridiculous in the comic book. I think the cartoon found the right balance, and then um, the the movie just, I don't know. I just didn't feel it there. And they whitewashed Terry. And, oh, yeah, right. That was weird, right? That was strange. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm watching the cartoon. You know, he was Al's friend um, where they worked. And, you, know, you know, under Black Ops and all that, he would feed him intel. And, you know, he was like a brother to him. So, of course, he was there to take care, to take care of Wanda. But, of course, he gave it some time. He waited years. And then, of course, they gave birth to a child in Cyan. That kind of pissed off Al. But at the same time, you know... He like couldn't stay mad at him because it's like he told him to take care of Wanda. Should anything happen to him? But yeah, no. Michael J. White's uh, live action performance. Yeah, it really. Again, yeah, you're. It, it had to have been directing because you know I see Michael J. White in certain dramatic roles. He does do it. He gets it right. But again, this movie, I, it just wasn't Al Simmons to me. Plus, Keith David just does a fantastic fucking job with his voice. Yeah, he just destroyed the role. It just it's amazing. Like in my head, whenever I see Spawn, I hear his voice. You know, exactly. you know who, who's in the cartoon and the comic book, but not in the movie. I really enjoy is Sam and Twitch. They had their own spinoff in the comics, and now apparently Kevin Smith pitched the BBC on doing a low budget like streaming series for Sam and Twitch. I don't know if it's a go yet or not. That should they should definitely do something like that. Something a little lighthearted, you know, buddy cop uh, duo, and they were done very well in the animated series. Heck, even Twitch was trying to get more involved with Spawn, like he was his inside man. Yeah, and. And also, what I did like in one scene in particular, when, uh, let's see, there was an off-duty cop who was black, and he was getting the crap kicked out of him by a, um, by another white cop, because, you know, internal investigations against them. And then Al Simmons just comes in, he's like, why do people, you know, in that Keith David voice, why do people in authority always feel, always overstep their bounds? And then he breaks the guy's arm. I'm like, yes! That is more relevant now than that. <laughs> The uh, the clown violator character is the least interesting. I cannot stand. I hate it in the movie. John Leguizamo is just like, what? What is going on here, dude? Stop! And I just, I've always hated that character. Uh, it's a shame too because I actually like John Leguizamo, but he was a little bit. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I there were some parts I thought he was funny, like uh, when he all of a sudden out of nowhere just just up to the cheerleader and does this little sing and dance thing, and then gets immediately sent to hell. But again. Uh, in the cartoon, uh, he was just kind of boring. But he did get a little bit ter- a little terrifying when he turned into Violator. For me, anyway. That was a little kid, so it would, you know. Hell, I even ran into the bathroom whenever the fucking Tales from the Crypt thing would play. <laughs> so I was terrified of the Crypt Keeper when he'd pop out of his coffin and shake his head. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm trying to see. I don't recall HBO doing a whole lot of animated series. And here, I'm looking at it right now. And they had Spicy City, which I think is from, um, it is Rob Bakshi, which I've never seen. Six episodes. Uh, The Life and Times of Tim was on for years. I have no memory of this. It was on 2008, 2012. So they really have not gone very far into the animated world. Um, Tons of children's shows, but this is like animation for grown-ups. Spawn, as far as I know, even though it was only 18 episodes... It seemed like it was a big cult phenomenon, and I, I thought that they would try something else, but no, they haven't really bothered. No, they haven't, and especially after the you know the, disa- the you know disaster of the movie, like the, the special effect. I like how they went uh, practical effects with the suit, but the cape 
Yeah, oh, oh, it looked like uh, shit. They could have done so much better. Oh, yeah. Mm. But hopefully, maybe some, maybe we'll get an R-rated spawn. Honestly, that's how you have to do spawn. It has to be R-rated. Yeah, I'm going to look it up right now. I want to see uh, Bloomhouse. I want to see how this is coming along. For real? Uh, it was in July when they announced it, but no other grounds have been broken on it. Nobody's been cast, no directors, anything like that. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, heck, Mike Mignola's, uh, you know, d- doing Hellboy with uh, Dave Harbour as the starring role, and the guy got in a great shape. I mean, honestly, uh, that those abs when you see that when you saw the actual photo of Hellboy, mm-hmm. that was him. He actually got in a shape. He said, like, nah, I never really got in a shape except when I did Broadway when I was like really young, but. Since then, I'm like, whatever. Ooh, but, Neil, you said you know, Neil Marshall. Role. I'm not a huge fan of Neil Marshall. I don't know how I feel about this. Oh. I know people who love... I think Wolf Soldiers is a bunch of shit, and so is Doomsday. The Descent is his only good movie. Oh, wow. So you're definitely going to get a nice horror element out of it, because, you know, it's Hellboy, and he deals with the supernatural, and hell, his name is Hellboy. He's doing the <laughs> sequel to Skull Island? Interesting. Oh, shit. Well, they're eventually going to want to have to cross over with Godzilla, you know that. I still haven't seen Skull Island, have you? Uh, oh, yeah, King Kong Skull Island? Yes, yeah, 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 I, did. Yeah, yeah. I did actually. It was very good. Hmm. I need to see this. Yeah, I'm just catching up now on my movies uh, that were on my Voodoo account for years. I just saw Bad Moms, which I thought was okay. Uh, I'm going to watch Kingsman 2 tonight. I watched um, Atomic Blonde, which was a little underwhelming. Um, what, what have you been watching? Well, I did watch uh, the first episode of The Orville. <laughs> oh, what'd you think of it? I've been waiting for you to watch that. Oh my god, dude. I, I mean, the sci-fi is very on point. Seth MacFarlane loves sci-fi. Heck, he grew up, like, you know, practically worshipping Carl Sagan and Star Trek and all that. He was a nerd. He's a nerd growing up. And the comedy, too. It's not too out there with Seth MacFarlane, but it's, to- it's a little toned down Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, well, it's, it's smarter. It's I, I, you know me. I, I hate Seth MacFarlane's cartoons, but I love his live-action stuff. I watched the oh. uh, the Jean-Claude Van Johnson show on Amazon. It's only six episodes, and so far, it's pretty brilliant. His acting is uh-huh. astonishing. I'm shocked. He looks terrible, though. Good God, he looks bad. Yeah, no, I've seen. He's definitely aged in his face, for sure. And I don't know uh, what happens. He looks, he looks just so bad. Yeah, who knows? Mm. But... As far as it goes for um, as far as it goes for the Spawn film, nothing. Just that it was announced. No, I just announced. That's it. Nothing else. Oh my well, god! Damn. What about this? The fact that New Mutants is an R-rated movie or a horror film. Oh. You know that Disney's gonna shit all over. If there's gonna be a sequel, they're gonna shit on it. They need. To, oh, I don't know what of they're gonna horror. do. Oh, here's the thing: is that we're already overwhelmed with superhero movies, and now Disney owns the rights to all the X-Men and and and. Uh, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four and Daredevil and also. It's just like, how much is going to be too much? Well, they've already done a great job with uh, the Netflix shows of Daredevil. So yeah, I well, I think maybe it's time for X-Men to take a slight breather because yes, what, what they had planned Especially... was way too much. Way too many. Like, three movies a year? Come on, stop. Just stop. No, uh-huh. Plus, as far as it goes for, um, you know, Hugh Jackman no longer being Wolverine and Logan. Oh, yeah. man. We you think, do need a break. You think Warner Brothers is ever going to pick up the pace? Uh, well, they've done a major shakeup after you know the box office disappointment of Justice yeah. League. Well, Christberg. Yeah, we got, wait, is it Christberg? Who got fired? Was it Christberg? Uh, John Berg. No, 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 no. Who's the showrunner that got fired for sexual harassment? Uh, Shit. Oh, Brett Ratner. No, 
but he's out. Yeah, he's part of that world too. No, something I, I fired from the TV shows. I'll look it up. Um, but I forgot. I totally forgot to tell you about this. Um, CW Seed, which is like their Netflix, whatever you want, you know, where they can watch shows. They just yeah. debuted a seven-minute episode of The Ray, Freedom Fighters, which The Ray has always been kind of a cult figure. He's not really popular in the DC world. He's just kind of known to my generation. Um, what it is is an alternate reality exists where Hitler won, and it's taken over America, oh. and it exists today. Like this big fascist world that is, I think it's Hitler, but it still works today. And now the Flash and Green Arrow are on the bad side. And it's up to the Ray and his small band of heroes, which, I mean, these are all like D-level you know, characters, trying desperately to save the people of the city. And it's only seven minutes long, and it's dark. It still looks like that weird watered-down shit that I hate about the Warner Brothers movies, um, the animated movies, but it looks like it has serious potential. The pilot is on the CWC. you got to go watch it. Okay, I'll definitely have to give it a watch. Almost, it's almost like the Red Sun kind of storyline, you know, with Superman landing in Russia. Well, have you noticed over the last year or so, there's a lot of these fascist shows, like The Man in the High Castle, stuff like that, uh, debuting. Um, there's a there's a movie um, that just debuted on Netflix called um, uh, Bushwick, with um, ah shit, he played uh, Dave Bautista, um, which is oh. which is um, it, they just like one afternoon coming home on a train, this girl. Uh, comes back to her old neighborhood, Bushwick, and discovers it's completely overrun by soldiers. They don't know what's going on, and everybody's getting slaughtered, like massive slaughter. And they don't know what to do. They don't know how to fight. And Dave Batista saves her, and they have to survive, you know, in this hellhole. And it turns out it's the right-wing nutjobs have uh, decided to uh, coup and take over the government, and they decide that they need to take over, like, this neighborhood and hold it hostage until the government gives them their uh, secession. Like, they want to become their own nation. Fucking God. Seriously, watch it. It's insane. It's like Texas and Tennessee and, uh, like, all of Alabama. And so all, all of them get together. Yeah. And it's their own military. And they decide to go in and try to slaughter anybody who isn't white. And, uh, right. you know, and then don't realize that they're prepared. You know, the, the people in the city are prepared. They have guns. They have weapons. They know how to fight. And it's a really brilliant film. It doesn't give you the ending that you want. It kind of gives you that honest, bleak ending that you need. It is a, a amazing film, and it, it almost like one whole cut. Did you watch Cooties? It's the same director. What's Cooties? Cooties is a zombie film with. Uh, I hate it when I get like this, but I can't remember someone's name. Damn it! Played Frodo. <laughs> Frodo. Uh, oh, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Yeah, Elijah Wood. It's a funny comedy, but this one's dead serious. Okay. Yeah. Honestly. That kind of world, I mean, they couldn't even sustain themselves. I mean, hell, look at the Bundys and the Hammonds. Look how that turned out. The what? You remember the Bundys and the Hammonds uh, doing that whole uh, that uh, building takeover uh, in Oregon? Oh, last but, uh, yeah. How could I forget that? That was like in my state. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I know those. Yeah, they couldn't sustain themselves. They honestly have no real objective. Uh, they 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 fall apart just like the South did. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you about the state of the world right now. So, kids, just veg out, watch some cartoons, think of a game plan about where you want to go in this world or how you want this world to go because we're getting at a turning point where a lot of us are going to have to make a decision. We've got to start thinking about who we're going to vote for. Or, hell, why don't you run for office? You know, you got something to say, you want to change the world for the better, get out there. Uh, support who you think should be in office or, or run for office yourself because we need the future. 
Right now, this entire country is going down the shit because it's run by old men with old ideas who don't understand the future. They're afraid of the future. Uh, fuck, I almost wonder if this whole net neutrality thing is because Trump doesn't understand how Netflix works and he just wants to go down to a video store and pick up his copy of uh, uh, Ernest Goes to Camp or something fucking, you know, whatever. I actually like Ernest. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said something stupid like Swordfish. <laughs> swordfish. Uh, um, he he sees... He sees Michael Douglas in Wall Street as the hero. Um, but it just seems like that. Like, these old people don't understand why they can't just go to a video store anymore. What's this? Ne- uh, I don't understand what a Roku is. A Rook? Trust me, I know these old people. Uh, I, I work at a place where it's all old people who are completely clueless, who don't even understand what a CD is. I had to explain what a fucking CD was to somebody. They didn't, they didn't know the difference between an 8-track oh, and a cassette. Yeah. Shit, we're so far beyond CDs right now. And they don't understand what smartphones are. I literally, the guy bought a phone, and I told him, you know, about, you know, you have to, you have to get this card, you have to pay the monthly bill, you know, and he didn't understand any of that, and um, he came back like a week later and tried to figure out his phone, and I was like, well, it, when, when your phone dies, you know, it runs out of minute, you have to get another minute pack, you know, it, that's every month. You, if you bought it on the 13th, on the next 13th, you have to buy another card, and he didn't understand that. He goes, I just wanted the phone. I go... Well, a home phone, you have to pay a monthly bill to use that home phone. You don't just buy the phone and it works on its own. Same thing with a cell phone. You buy a cell phone, you're going to have to have some sort of either contract that automatically, you know, you you pay into. Or you're going to have to get a card. And he looks at me so fucking furious, snaps a phone in half and throws the phone at me. Oh, Jesus Christ, what a dickhead. These are the people making the decisions for your life. That's what's going on. All these greedy, corporate, uh, bought-off fucks. Um, are making all the decisions for you. So it's time for this next generation to prepare and, and, and run for office, man. Just Let's get these old, dusty, bald fuckers out. Bernie's the only old man who's actually trying to help us out. He's the only, he's the one that yeah, well, George, well, Lewis Black. Lewis Black is trying to help us, too. George Carlin, sadly, is gone. So he was another guy that was fighting for us. So not all, I'm not saying all old people are, but... I do feel like younger people have better ideas, uh, except for the ones that yell YOLO and jump off a huge building knowing that their legs are going to be shattered. Oh, those fucking douchebag bros, or Tommy Laren, or Ben Shapiro. Yeah, so um, that's it for us here. Our next episode, we're actually going to take a month off. We're going to go work on some of our other shows that have been kind of been neglected. Um, but we'll be back in February with new episodes. The whole month we'll celebrate our fourth anniversary, and... Um, Hopefully we'll surprise you with some new stuff. We're, we're kind of padding the show with just, um, you know, current news and what we think about what's going on because we're trying to warm you up for the next format which we're going into. Yes, it will be ever-expanding. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. And, Jacob, send us out. All right, everyone, have a good night. As Michael would say, you know, be excellent to each other. Namaste and good luck, y'all. All right, ready to blast off, Michael. Welcome to Comics on Infinite Earths. 
This episode will be discussing Joker's Wild, which is the second Robin miniseries from 1992, I think. I just screwed up. <laughs> I should have known! <laughs> I'm Michael, I'm your size Avery. <laughs> I knew that one. Come on, I could have picked that one. <laughs> well, damn it, I do got to remember which one, which year the first miniseries. Okay, yeah, so it says 1991. I'm an ass. All right, shit it. 91, 91. <laughs> okay, so oh. we, we put this one on the back burner for a little while. We talked about this last month, but uh, it, it takes a while. We're busy, people. Don't pressure us. Really You're super busy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, it's, it was like I could have swore <laughs> that it was going to be like, all right, you know, I got my established schedule. I know what days I can do it. I know what days I can work. And then what days I can just uh, record, and then it's just like, nah, you can't do that. You can't do any of that. You can't have plans. You can't make things to do. And it's been just hectic days here, days here. And um, I finally just said, you know what? I'm taking this day off. I didn't pick up the phone. I didn't look at anybody. I just, I just stuck to it. <laughs> and, and to be fair, you were ready like three weeks ago, and I came home with like explosive headache, and I was like, I'm going to be like this the whole time. Uh, or if we can wait till later. <laughs> oh man, but you know what? Um, now you just like it's it's just it's just um figuring it all out, like just getting a feel for it. Just I, I mean, like I said before, I did just move, um, transfer of job, different people. It's been crazy. Now, normally, I would say it's insane that you moved to Florida in the middle of the summer, but you lived in Texas, so both are on the face of the sun, apparently. Exactly, but Florida. Now, now the funny thing is, it's been raining here nonstop since I got here. Wow! So it's just like I on my end because you know we couldn't record a lot because uh, in Oregon, uh, Oregon coast, I should say, it rains constantly. And I have to say this: uh, the summer hasn't shown up yet. It's almost July. No, actually, it is technically July. It still hasn't shown up yet. I think we're going to get cheated. <laughs> yeah, today is July 1st. Um, today was actually one of the few days uh, since I moved here where it hasn't rained. I should have went to the beach, but it's okay. <laughs> where you can be. Now, I'm curious. You live on the coast? or? Uh, it, yeah, it's Jacksonville. Jacksonville is right on the coast. All right. Yeah, I, I'm over on the beach, too. So it turns into tourist hell. Have you Have you been overwhelmed by tourists? Uh, no, not so much, not so much. Yeah, I live, uh, Oregon coast, right across from Salem, which is the state's capital. Everybody comes here because it's like 100 degrees there, and it's only like 64 here. And, uh, I work retail, people. Uh, you know, stay in school. Stay in school. <laughs> Do your work. Stay focused. Don't fuck up like I did, because, ugh, 90% tourists, and I just can't take it anymore. Uh, eh, it's... Stand school, kids. Yeah. <laughs> or go to school. Hey, uh, and if you did stay in school, but you were too busy focusing on comic books instead of your homework, hey, welcome to the party. This is one of those comic series that kept me from doing my algebra. And it's funny. Let me see. So, uh, during high school, that was that was the time. That was definitely the time where um, I, I made my uh, transition to DC Comics because uh, any other time I was reading comics, it was definitely... Marvel. There's always Marvel Comics, but this is the first, you know, this is, uh, DC Comics finally came around to me when I was in high school. So, when you recommended this one to me, this set, and you said how excited you were and how much you loved this, I was like, you know what? 
I can't wait to read this because I've never read any of the older DC works. I've always read, you know, the most current stuff. So, like, in, when I was in school, 2006, 2007, I was reading comics that just came out that year. I never even thought about going backwards with DC. So, I'm so glad you picked this one out. This, uh... So for me, I was a Marvel kid. I basically read uh, Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man. I had subscriptions for them for years. Uh, every once in a while, I'd, I'd pick up a G.I. Joe, a Transformers, just because of the cartoons. And then I started getting interested in baseball. I started playing baseball, and I kind of stopped reading comics, traded them all in. But then that Batman movie came out in 1989 and blew my freaking mind. And I think kind of like the whole generation was just like, what's this? Um, I should say it in that voice. What's this, Batman? <laughs> um... <laughs> And, you know, and, and I was getting into it, and this is right during that period where Jason Todd has, he's gone. He's been killed off by the Joker. It's Batman all by himself for a couple of years. And, you know, I'm into it. It's interesting, but I'm not really like, I've got to read Batman. And then all of a sudden, they have the story called Lonely Place of Dying, where they introduce, uh, uh, oh my god, I'm having a moment. I'm having a moment, people! <laughs> what the fuck I can think of it? I just got off work. I'm exhausted. Uh, uh... Um, okay, you're going to have to help me here. My brain just went on vacation. Not Jason Todd, not Dick Grayson. You talk about Tim Drake. Yeah, Tim Drake! Good God, man! <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it's your fault. I really don't think it's your fault that you forget. Um, but I, I will blame. We're going to put the blame on Bruce Wayne here that you forgot because it's just been too many damn Robins. Uh, uh, that's it. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. Uh, technically, you... Technically, we only lost one Robin, and the other Robin came back as Nightwing, and you still have the Tim Drake. So, <sighs> technique, if you want to be technical about it, then... Well, we have, we have Red Hood, so Jason Todd is technically back, so even though Red Hood is a douche, a douche! I just read the uh, the Arsenal uh, Red Hood series, and I was like, oh, is this is <laughs> not aimed at me at all. <laughs> I don't understand anything that's going on. <laughs> Very anime inspired. Nice, nice. Sounds like it would be something nice. You might dig it. I don't know. Maybe I'll send it to you. I, I gotta find it. Um, okay, so uh, it wasn't until you know this series kind of came around, and I was like, okay, the Robin miniseries. All right, I'm getting into it. And the first one's okay. They create his own villain. He's going through his training. You know, he's getting his weapons and stuff like that. And uh, the second one is what was mind blowing. I picked it up at a gas station, and I was like, holy shit. I gotta read the next issue. Robin three is okay, but nowhere, it just not even in the ballpark with Robin two because he's taking on the villain that killed the previous Robin, and he's just been Robin for like a month. You know, he just finished his training, and now he's taking on the greatest villain of the Batman universe. That's nuts. <laughs> okay, so there was an awkward pause there because you were choking on a gummy worm and you didn't want to say or make any noise. I'm just sitting there going, um, are Avery, you there? <laughs> I'm, I'm still alive, y'all. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> you were saying, you know, we got Tim Drake, um, and you know, it's, now I do have, I do have one question because uh, in the course of reading this, we see Tim Drake go off and it's him by himself. And uh, Batman was actually out of town, which is kind of awkward. Like, it's kind of hard for me to catch them. I'm sorry, Batman is out of town. Yeah, that was that seemed forced. I'll, I'll give him that. I thought that was something that shouldn't have been there. Like, oh, you're just making this a thing just to make it a thing. 
he's he's all right. So in the other in the other Robin one and two series, is Batman just gone, or have they just put, uh, or have they just put Tim Drake in the forefront of uh, of of actually being a character, of actually being important? Uh, part one is he's sent off overseas to train. I think it's in Saigon, and he's supposed to train with, like this master. And, um, this is when he picks his weapons. And I love the fact that he's given all of these deadly weapons and he wants the bow staff and he wants that, what's that little thing where, um, it's not like a slingshot, but you put something into like the little bags and you whip it around and you can release it and it flies. And then, uh, what is the name of that? It's some kind of sling or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a bolo cause that's the, the, the balls or whatever on the string and you throw that around people. But, uh, he picks his weapon and he does his training, whatever, and he becomes, he comes across this blind master uh, for life, man, I can't remember his name, but he has this huge snake on his chest and a wicked-ass mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking 90s mullets. I still don't understand that. Um, and, and then he beats the guy whatever. I think it's the Snake Master or something like that. They kind of build his little world, which would go on to his regular series. Shiva's in it. Um, but it's the second one where they're like, okay, so we got to take Batman out of the picture, but keep him in Gotham. You know, and, and I don't remember the plot of 3 very well. I just remember being like, it's okay. But I, I have zero memory of what the plot was. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's 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 uh it's like a little mixed bag here and there because uh, the uh, the one that we picked up here was I definitely definitely love the way it was handled story wise. Like you definitely the uh, we get in the head of Tim Drake. Uh, the the speech bubbles, the 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 way that it's presented, where it's just like he's just some high school kid. And he's got the responsibilities of high school kid. He's he's played Dungeons and Dragons, you know, um, and, and he still has to, you know, go out nightly patrol. He has to solve this case, and you know, there's this immense pressure on him because it's like I want to be Batman or I want to be better than Batman because every like there's and he even quoted he said uh there's only two people that believe me and that's Alfred and Batman. Um, Batman even called me his equal. Wow. Um, yeah, so he's just like, I have to be better than this. So like every little, every little spat and every little thing, you know, all the all the conflicts that come up, he feels so pushed down because it's just like, what would Batman do? <laughs> but um, I think even Alfred came through. And he said, you know what, um, you are doing the best that you can, and you know what, Batman would be so proud of this. Like you're you're not doing anything bad. You're just you're just going through it, man. I just stick to it. Um, but definitely, uh, just, I do like that little part. I do like that we do get inside of uh, Tim Drake's head here. Uh, we get in that headspace. He, he even went through and uh, we saw his father. He talked to his father for a little bit. Um, Who died and, in identity crisis, which was a yeah. tragedy. <laughs> we uh, we sat there, we talked about that. And then, um, yeah. and then we go back to him figuring it all out you know working his plan and getting with the commissioner and just 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 able to go through it and i, I think that was the, I, it was such a relief to me because everything he was feeling just like i put myself in history yeah but, chuck dixon um, now have you ever read anything by chuck dixon uh a couple things a lot of the let me see the one that i actually was going to point out by chuck dixon that i enjoyed very much uh let's was one of the newest ba- like oh it's actually what I saw a couple of days ago I was actually browsing around in a bookstore um it's gonna sound a little bit weird because I know how everybody doesn't like it but the Batman Nightfall 
um, right, right, yeah. where, he, where he gets like the giant mechanized suit. Um, I did actually enjoy that. I like the art direction in there. The story was okay, but you know, I, I think as I grew older, it got better. And then of course you have your, uh, the infamous Batman versus Bane. Um, that was 2012. That was, uh, one of the, one of these, one of the first times I realized I was like, you know what? I might be on the wrong side here with comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when that's I picked what I, up, I definitely switched to DC. Um, probably mid '90s, like it was just my jam. But I kept, I read Robin the whole way through. But Chuck Dixon was the architect of the entire Bat universe after doing Robin. He he did the three miniseries, and then he had a successful launch with the Robin series, which him and Tom Lyle, you know, wrote and drew together for quite some time. And then he launched Nightwing. And then, by then, they're like, okay, well, you know what? Go ahead and take Batman. Do these huge stories. You know, like, he did uh, The Nightfall. He, Night's End, I believe, is the next one. And then he did uh, Cataclysm, which is when they have the earthquake in Gotham. And then uh, No Man's Land, which is, like, his pinnacle. And then he's responsible for launching Birds of Prey. So, for, like, a decade there, he built that whole universe. And then, I think he just said, you know what? I'm, I'm bored. I've done everything I've wanted to do with this. And he went off and did independent comics. I don't know if you've ever read Way of the Rat, which is the best martial arts comic I've ever read. Um, but that's the kind of stuff he does now. It's more independent. Yes. So he's so we're so there is the shift to that. And it's funny you bring up the independent comics because I I think our next episode should be something that's not Marvel, nothing DC, but something independent. Yeah, definitely. What, we're 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 kind of stuck in these two universes. And uh, my co-host for Back in Tunes, Jacob. Uh, we were talking about it as well, and he said, let's do Judge Dredd. You know, that's independent comic. And uh, have you ever read CrossGen? CrossGen? No, I have not read CrossGen. CrossGen is this weird lost universe that nobody talks about. But um, I want to say it was 2001, maybe? Uh, this really rich guy said, hey, I'm going to get all the big names that are tired of just doing superhero comics. I'm going to hire all of them. I'm going to bring them down to Florida where I've built this huge headquarters. And those are the rules. If you work for CrossGen, you lived on their property, which sounds a little bit like Scientology, honestly. It's a little scary. <laughs> Scientology, uh, I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with it, but uh, Tyler Perry does that. No and shit, that's really? kind of creepy. Oh. He, yeah, that, that creeps me out. Like, when he's, when he's making those movies and plays, like, they all live in, like, this giant house, and you can't leave or, you know, you have to stay there until it's done shooting. And I'm just like, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he required that everybody live down there, so he bought all this property, you know, huge uh, office buildings for, you know, making the comics and for everybody to live in, and he spent so much money doing that that he didn't have a lot of money to promote the comics, and so it went on for about three or four years, and every comic had a rule. No capes, no superheroes, nothing like that. It had to be kind of mixed into, like, fantasy, you know, uh, sword and sorcery kind of stuff. Um... CrossGen had the two big titles were uh, Way of the Rat, which was a kung fu tale by Chuck Dixon, and then Sojourn, which was by uh, Greg Land and Ron Mars, and they were all connected by this little symbol that everybody seemed to have burned onto their skin. Uh, I'm trying to remember this correctly, um, and that's how the universes were all connected. And Disney bought them after they shut down. So Disney technically owns two comic book universes, but they clearly don't give a rat's ass about CrossGen. So <laughs> give it to someone who wants to make movies out of this, because there's some good tales in there. Let me see. And what I'm going to say, so uh, just going through here, I definitely want to read something from CrossGen. <laughs> just 
poking around a little bit of who she doesn't give a shit. But back to Robin. Right? Okay. <laughs> You're not choking on another gummy worm, are you? I heard you. <laughs> no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, Robin 2 was sadly part of the stupid Gibbet covers. This is when they had the hologram covers. I think it's the first time they had ever done that. And each hologram, you know, it was the same picture, just different covers. You get all five covers, all the holograms, and I'm all like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm like 14 at the time. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> all right, Joker is now in his little uh, meeting to see if, uh, what, no, he had seen a psychiatrist, and he's there to see his mother, and that's not his mother. That's one of his cronies, and he's got the Bible, and he's like spraying the gas out and gets everybody out of there. And, uh, of course, Joker's going to escape because, you know, the man cannot be kept. No way, no how. In any, and, and I think that's the thing. It's funny. Um, the In the first opening shots, it's just like, you know, the, the people that run Arkham Asylum's just like, I can't believe that you lawyer types, that you liberals are coming through trying to humanize Joker and... And they go through this whole pack down when when this lady comes through, lady, his mother, air quotes, and it turns out to be somebody. And I'm like, you know what? See, if and this is exactly what would happen today. <laughs> like we would get some criminal mastermind, and it would be locked up, and then everybody would be like, oh, let his mother come visit, and then we let somebody's mother, air quotes, go visit, and then he escapes. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny. Like I I literally sat there and laughed at how accurate that was even in 90s or 2000s or whatever. It's like, that's great. You guys, you hit on that somewhere. <laughs> so he, he, he's out on he's out free, and he's ready to rebuild his gang. Problem is, you know, people in gangs, you know, uh, what do you call them, henchmen? You know, they have to have some sort of job. I mean, how exactly do you hench? Do you go to a hiring <laughs> agency? Is there a connector for you? I don't understand how this works. What, what what does the word hitch even mean? <laughs> no, I bet you the calculator would be the kind of guy today that would be responsible for hooking people up with other criminals. Like, hey, you need a job? You want to murder some people? Sure, here, come on over here. <laughs> oh, you just want to rob? Okay, you know. What's somebody your should we should somebody should write a comic about the the hitchman uh, the hitchman agency where <laughs> you you apply for a job, they put you there. They they supply you with the stereotypical gloves, the coat, the head, uh, the 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 headbands, the the the, the, the scully. They give you a uh, crowbar, a bat, whatever. <laughs> but you still have to sit through the fucking training video. That's so dull. <laughs> Definitely something that needs to be done. Mister Freeze is in charge, and Joker takes him out like nothing. Mister Freeze is a serious villain, but I think this is during a time when they thought he was just kind of a joke. And it looks like he kills him, but clearly there's no way. No, no, no way. That uh, I mean, that's the other thing. Um, like I did like the appearance of Mr. Freeze. However, it was kind of sad to only see him get maybe five panels. Yeah. <laughs> and taken care of, and the entire time the Joker's got his puns and his jokes. Uh, quite, just quite the show. Quite the show. <laughs> Chuck Dixon was smart in taking kind of the the template of Spider Man and putting it on Robin. You know, he's a guy who wants to do good. He wants to focus on his, you know, on on his hero part of his life. But he also he's still in school, so he's got to make friends. Got to deal with bullies. Got to do his homework. Got to please his parents. You know, there's some lies here and there about what he's really doing. And I thought that was a really smart move. Yeah, really good move on his part. Uh, because like I said, it definitely instead of having this big hulking you know, God of a man, Batman, we actually get this humanized version of him. Um, 
I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people can they they like the Robin figures because it's just like you're as good as Batman, but you but you still have these human qualities where you want to go out, you want to have fun, or you got school, or you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, or you have a girlfriend, or you still have your parent. Sorry, Batman. Um, but you're still you still get to be inside of Bruce Wayne's personal life. Um, that is one of the reasons I do like the Robin character. <laughs> well, and the problem with Robin for a long time was, hey, silly fucking pants. He's out in the snow. Why is he? I mean, literally, I read a New Teen Titans comic from like 1986, and he's out in a blizzard in those little tiny pants. You're like, no, that's dumb. Who keeps sticking with this? You know, short sleeve shirt. So they've updated his costume, they updated the personality and everything like that by, you know, kind of killing the jokes that Dick Grayson had when he was a kid and not making him a snot-nosed punk like Jason Todd. They made this like a very thoughtful, introverted, kind of like a, a super analytical detective. But he's a teenager. Yeah. And, and and he fights, you know, and he solves his cases. And he, you know, he fights, you know, he kicks ass in his own creative, collective way. And uh, I love the fact that, okay, so the Joker's there to kidnap this tech guy who he wants to hack into every system. This is before, like, hacking and internet was really a thing. It's like the oh, early days. Oh, wait. I, that, that's one thing I wanted to touch on. What's this that? was nineteen. This was 1991, all right? And 91. And they, he has this guy make this virus. And not only that, it's just the words that they're using. It's just like the virus being uploaded to the entire city mainframe. And 1991, this was before that. This was before you had things like that. Uh, Is this you before have, you were even born? I'm curious. This was this was one year. This was one year before I was born. I, I was born in 92. But literally one year before I was born. And then you have Robin asking for a laptop. Uh, they're mentioning modems. They're mentioning how to connect to the internet. Like he literally told Alfred how to do these things, and Alfred's just sitting there like, "I'm not really computer literate like that, but I'm gonna try my, but I'm gonna try my best." <laughs> By the way, I'm confused as to how Alfred has never looked right outside of animation. No live action film has ever had Alfred look like Alfred. It's because actors are too insecure to have, to be bald, a big old comb over, and a greasy mustache. No, I would. I would I still think that Alfred, I think he still might just be lying to us about what his collective skills are. I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, so the funny thing is, when I read this, I was not confused on any of this stuff. My grandfather was actually a tech for Ray Magnetwire. So he had laptops in like the mid-80s. You know, they weighed a ton and they hardly did anything. But, you know, he had a laptop, desktop, you know, and was always talking about like tech and stuff like that. So it was kind of part of our, my family's knowledge, you know, this whole world. And so I wasn't thrown off by this, but I can totally see if you hadn't experienced that, you're like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> what do you mean a mobile computer? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so he kidnaps the techie, and uh, Robin's there waiting for him, and he stops him, sort of. And the Joker flips the fuck out because he knows, in his heart, he killed him, and he's freaking. And and that's, and that's going back to what you said, and that's going back to what I said about might be too many Robins there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I, mean, I read Death in the Family, and that's a hard-hitting story, but Jason Todd was a friggin' douche. And so, you know, having him replaced so quickly didn't bother me as much as I, you would think it would. And, not, and that all that, I mean, that's one of the few times, that is uh, literally one of the few times we've seen where the Joker actually just, like, flips his shit. He's like, wait a second, I killed you. I know I killed you. 
you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> so he's drugging Osgood, the the guy building the virus, and 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 the really the way Tim Drake, not Tim Drake, I'm sorry, uh, the way that. Uh, Tom Lyle draws the characters. I just love how much he puts into, and this is before like really high quality colors and inks to try to enhance like what you're trying to get across in an image. I mean, you're talking old school. You got to color it yourself, ink it yourself. Tom Lyle does a fantastic job of getting these 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 emotions across on their face. And the the art direction was still cool. Um, my thing is with the each panel that was drawn, there are it's it's never a muted detail in the in the series. There all all the comic panels are drawn so that you can see everything that's going on, uh, from something in the background to something up front to the characters' faces. Even if it's just somebody passing by Tim Drake in a hallway, you know you see everything. Um, and this is uh, and I know this is going to sound a little strange, but this is truly you know, one of those really good comics that transferred over digitally really great because of the art that was originally put into it. The work that was put into it the first time uh, translates over so well to the next panel uh, when they're finally uploaded. Like, I'm actually, like, just poking through it right now, just looking at some of the backdrops and just the environments, and they're all, like, picturesque. Like, if you take any of these panels and just... they're they shine. <laughs> yeah, and, and I noticed something interesting. I, I've been reading some newer stuff lately, and I will find myself lost in which direction I'm supposed to go. Do I start on this page and go straight down like old school comics, or, oh, do I need to go over here, then back over here, then up here, then down here? And I'm like, I don't I don't know what order I'm reading these in. <laughs> but the old school way was pretty um, set. You know, you have panel, 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 you know, a six block. But it looks here is when you're first starting to get people who are playing with the panels a little bit. You know, he's doing a lot of insets. Um, issue two on my book, uh, well, it's going to be totally different for you. But because, um, uh, see, here's the thing is I have the collected book called Tragedy and Triumph. And it doesn't just have Joker's Wild miniseries. It has like an arc from Detective Comics, which honestly, I was never a huge fan of Detective Comics. They were more like more brainy, less action. And Norm Brickfoil was the artist, and I wasn't too crazy about his art. Even though now I'm starting to appreciate a little bit, it, there's certain styles you get into and some you don't. Um, but he's playing with how the panels can tell the story, and this seems kind of early on when they, before they really made it a, a normal thing. And as a matter of fact, when we actually get to that point, I'm going to actually point out one of the panels that is on here and on the third issue of... Uh, Robin, go ahead, Matt. So I'm I'm here on. Uh, he's auditioned an actress, and she's supposed to stand on this ledge and scream like crazy, so it gets Robin's attention. Actually, Batman's attention, because Joker does not know yet that Batman is not in town, and so they're using holograms and, and fake stand-ups and stuff like that. And this actress is hired to lure them in, and Joker is going to distract them by causing. You see, he's going to take the power out, and he's going to commit a crime while Batman and Robin are busy with the girl screaming. And that, of course, uh, goes shit. <laughs> um, this is when we actually have Robin to swoop in and, you know, try to calm the damsel down that the Joker's obviously hired. And she slips off. <laughs> she slips off and um, Robin, and then once again, we're going back into this thing where we're back into Robin's head where 
he's just starting out. And he says, you know what, it's a good thing I mastered, you know, throwing this thing so I can rope it around her ankle and I can catch her. And he's describing how heavy it is to him because, you know, he's not used to this kind of thing. But nevertheless, he still saves her. But you're in his head about, you know, this, this how the physical strain on him. Yeah. Being this and, and the angle of and grabbing her and make sure she doesn't fly back into the building and stuff like that, you know they really Chuck Dixon was a big guy on detail and it made you believe that world. And then, and like I said, it's it's all in everything in his head, and I'm uh, I was just enthralled by that. I really enjoyed that. Um, so you know the Joker finally sees Batman. He's gonna take a shot at him because he's been in jail for a while. Actually, everybody thought he was dead for a while. Um, so this is kind of like his big return to the DC universe, and he's there to take Batman out with a newsie, and it turns out, oh shit, that's a hologram, and now he knows Robin's on his own, and Robin cannot hold up as well, and, and, you know, oh, guess what, Gotham is now mine, but first, Robin's gonna jimmy kick him in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) The fight scene, the the, the fight scene that we had was very brief, but it ends up with the Joker more or less testing the strength here of, like, what can I get away with? Now that Batman's not here, and the only thing that's left is just Robin, what can I get away with? <laughs> yeah, so Robin takes a whipping, but manages to survive based on the cops, and, uh, uh, boy, I, I would I would, I would, hate to have seen him die, you know, <laughs> so early on. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, from there, from here, what we get is um, after after this, you know, everybody's going to Robin like, "Hey, you good? Yeah, I'm fine. Just just a little let down, a little disappointed." Uh, we flip back to the Joker. He's just about ready to unfold his plan with his uh, with uh, the guy's name was Osgood, I believe. Yeah. Um, Osgood, and you know, he's got him strapped down to a chair. He's got him hopped up on drugs and ready to do his bidding. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna go do some 1991 type hacking now. <laughs> oh, when we were obsessed with hacking, I gotta tell you, we we did an episode of Video Night. It was all about movies about hacking back in the 90s because that's what we thought the world was gonna be. And we're like, oh yeah, it never turned out like Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> so close, so close. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and now he's got this whole thing. He's gonna strip the city of. It's necessary funds, you know. It's gonna, it's gonna anger the cops, you know, the fire department. It's gonna do whatever he can to cause chaos. It's, it's a little bit like what do you call it? Um, you know, in the crow when they start setting all the buildings on fire, hell tonight or something. Can't remember. Uh, the uh, what did they call that? You said hell tonight. Yeah, was that the name of it? You know, fire it up, fire it up. <laughs> uh, I, I believe it was uh, Devil's Night. Devil's Night. Thank you. I couldn't remember. Uh, so we got oh. cops who are getting their money taken away from, uh, firemen who have been laid off, you know, uh, huge taxes on city businesses that they can't pay, uh, causing all these fires, power blackouts. I mean, he's causing complete and absolute chaos. And this is before Batman really built a huge team like the way it is now. Nightwing is out of the picture in Gotham. He's off with the Teen Titans, I think on the West Coast. There is no Batgirl. Birds of Prey doesn't exist. So it's just basically Batman and Robin and Gotham, and that's it. And then going back to going back to that art direction, and when we're looking at this, normally you have um, when we have these the older comics, we have a five or six, you know, five or six 
panels per page. Um, however, on this digital release that they have, on this page where the Joker's plans finally come out, what they did was they took the they took each little event and it's one page and they've lined it up. You have at least I'm looking at eleven, twelve panels for one page here, uh, describing the Joker's plans. Uh, it's it's breathtaking. Like it's it's beautifully drawn. The colors pop where they're supposed to. Uh, you get the Joker's face on top explaining it, and then right here at the bottom, of the very bottom of the page is all the city officials in one long panel, kind of like a panoramic around this, uh, around an office, discussing what the hell just happened. Um, and, and, and like I said, the, the, the art direction here is just phenomenal. Like, I'll, like this is actually one of my favorite panels that I've seen in the comic book for a little while here. You know what's sad is I have no idea what Tom Lyle has been doing for the last decade. I mean, he was like a big deal for a long time at DC, and then I, you got me. I got to look him up because I don't know what he's been working on. So, you know, Robin's trying to take this in. He's, he's taking Alfred's advice because it's basically up to those two, you know, in, in order to save the city. You know, the cops are only cops. You know, they don't have, like, the mindset to stop Joker. And uh, I actually completely forgot. I just read this not that long ago, but I forget, forgot about this whole halftime entertainment thing with the Joker. And uh, yes, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what. The, oh, um, he wants the he wants the ransom to give everything, you know, all the power back and all the money. He wants one billion dollars. Hold on, one million dollars. Bum bum bum. He and, and that's one of the things. It's just um, that it is one of those one of those older things right here where you get. That ransom that the Joker is always so known for, you know, these little, these these uh, elaborate plots and these elaborate uh, ruses, just just for just for the attention. Yeah, he, he know, doesn't he, want the money. He only wants chaos, and he's doing this and, on purpose because he's trying to call <laughs> the bluff of you know them hologramming Joker or Batman everywhere. And not only that, like he 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 got a little upset there, like. One minute he's on TV talking about his plans and everything, and then one the hitman actually calls out. It's just like, "Hey, you're everywhere. You're on you're on TV. However, there's a football game on. <laughs> Damn you're not you're not more important than the football game." <laughs> yeah, I never realized he was such an ego freak, but they really they hone in on this. They've been getting Joker right a lot lately, but I've never seen him wear this purple suit. Ever, I think. I don't even know if I don't even recall him doing it in the cartoon. Did he? The, yeah, he he actually did in the okay. uh, in the nineteen ninety uh, five animated Batman. He had the he had the purple. I would love to see it in live action, but some stuff in live action just doesn't come across right. You look at it and you're like, ooh. But I would rather they give that a try than another era of the fucking leather suits from X Men One. <laughs> ooh, jeez, no. Oh. No, no, no post-Matrix. No more leather flying wire stunt bullshit. No more. Put it away. I love the fact that he figures out how to stop Joker by playing D&D with his friends. And he's just kind of like, he's not listening. All of a sudden, he he puts it together in his head. He's like, holy crap, gotta go. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons saves lives. <laughs> it does. This, every, this, don't let them, this, don't let them tell you any different. Because in the 80s, they wouldn't let us play Dungeons and Dragons because kids were killing each other with it. I think that was a myth. I don't know if that actually after ever happened. This is a public service announcement from somebody who just found out about Dungeons and Dragons. 
That is not. That is nowhere near the game I thought it was going to be. I'm too stupid um, for Dungeons and Dragons. I and then, Magic the Gathering. I'm like I. I'm creative, but boy, this is beyond me. I thought. I thought. I was led so wrong. I thought Dungeons and Dragons was like for the like the nerdiest of nerd people, but then. It was just like, no, you get to make up whatever characters, whatever scenarios, whatever, whatever, you can make it whatever you want. And I was like, really? And it's like, if you're really story-driven, then you can have a very complex story, you can have uh, complex characters, you can have simple characters, y'all can be serious the entire time, y'all can be stupid, y'all can be silly, y'all can have fun. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, I've never been so interested, so I actually sat down to play you know, online a couple times with people, and I've had, that's pretty much the most fun I've ever had playing something, <laughs> and I see why it had taken off. So this is a public service announcement for everybody. If you've never played Dungeons & Dragons, go play it. Go try it for one time. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta give another shot, because I, I, I remember trying it when I was 12, and this is when everybody, this is, I think, when everybody plays D&D, is like, you know, they start playing it when they're like 11, 12, and uh, I was like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why I'm not getting this. And I think maybe the person that I was playing it with was like too hardcore by like rules and stuff like that. And I was like, nah, I still play some video games. Still play Legend of Zelda or something like that. I will play D and D now, but it's solely because it's on my Xbox. And and that's one of the things I have learned. They said that the best people to play Dungeons and Dragons with are the ones that make their own rules or the ones that bend the rules. It's pretty much like Monopoly. How everybody kind of knows how to play Monopoly, but everybody has their own rules. And no matter what the rules are, I still win at Monopoly. I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't end in arguments like the way most Monopoly. Like, I've seen Monopoly destroy families. <laughs> Take your fucking money! I quit! <laughs> <laughs> the rent is too damn high. <laughs> too damn high! <laughs> Where are we at in this story? <laughs> oh, the massive computer that Tim Drake is at. My god, it's huge. I, I, what? Uh, what? And it probably has like one gig of memory. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-one, probably. <laughs> oh my god! I just keep thinking about that. It's like, yeah, this thing, this floppy disk, has twelve megabytes. Ooh. <laughs> floppy disk in the nineties used to be able to destroy entire cities. <laughs> oh my god! Floppy disks uh, were so fragile. Like, don't breathe on it. Don't touch it. Don't move it too fast. And then they introduced the uh, hard disk drive, and we're like. Oh, so I can just throw this at people and it'll still work? Awesome. And now we have thumb drops. And those are the best things. Like, those may actually be able to destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so they have hacked into the back computers. Boy, his ego is kind of high when he keeps naming things after himself. Did you watch the Batman Lego movie where they kind of talk about that? His ego is just out of control? Yes. <laughs> so, so they drag oh, it to the back computer and he's got to solve this riddle. And I love the fact that he is just playing Tim Drake the whole time. And the entire, and not only that, it's just like, you know, he thinks he knows what he's doing. Like, at this point, he's trying these from different angles, different approaches. And he's like, if I can figure out where all this power is being drawn to, I can figure out where the Joker is, where he's hiding, and we can probably figure out his name. Um, however, that that's not even close, because the entire time they're doing this, while he's sitting here solving these riddles, um, screen changes. He's like, he's like, uh, I already know your name. Your name's Robin. And he panics. He flips out. All the screens start saying, ha ha. And he quickly unplugs the computer. And 
realizes he almost got hacked and once again suffers another loss because he's still thinking what would Batman do? Yeah, and, and now Joker is up to his game. Now it's gone complete full on chaos. And Robin is now just like what, oh and three now? You know, he's he's behind the ball, big time. He's and then what we're seeing is we're definitely getting right down to the nitty gritty with Robin because um you know, he said, it's time that I started acting and stopped reacting. Uh, because this entire time, he's just been a reactive force. Um, he's supposed to be... I'm actually, I was actually going to say that, but he actually said, he said, I'm supposed to be a detective. Um, and so that's when he figures out, alright, I need to really get down to the ground. Because any time, and, and this is the beauty of like the, the animated series with Batman, was any time Batman got into a case, he always started at the bottom. Always at the bottom, or, you know, he's with the henchmen, or he's in a house, or an abandoned, you know, warehouse, or something like that. He's getting all the little clues and pieces and everything, little, you know, little things here and there together before he gets to the big picture. Uh, Robin, Tim Drake just said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to fight Joker head on. You can't do that. Joker's always got a plan. You know, Commissioner Gordon is giving him a lot of grief. And, and I don't think Commissioner Gordon has taken into the fact that, you know, Batman is not here and all he has is the Robin. So, you know, maybe you just stop and give him shit and uh, help him, work with him, because it's the only way to stop Joker. <laughs> and and that is the other thing, because um, with that, you still have, uh, if, if Batman was smart enough to leave Robin there, Commissioner Gordon should have taken that, like, the best thing ever. Like, Commissioner Gordon should have worked with him. Commissioner Gordon should have been there, been more supporting. But Commissioner Gordon was like, eh, you know what, I don't really like you like that. Let's just talk about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he tells him he's got to deal with this. This is this is your only option. You don't have anything else to go to, you know. And I, I love the fact that issue four starts off with him very pensive. He's having this monologue. And you forget, and I totally forgot about it until I went back to this panel, I forgot the reason that he was living at uh, Wayne Manor was because his parents had been in an awful car accident. He lost his mother, and then his father was in a coma. So you yeah. know, he's having this confession, this crisis uh, he's having with his father, who can't even hear him, but he has to get it out. And that's, and once again, we're back in his headspace, where he can't, Batman will never have a scene like that. Batman will never have an outer, he, he will never have an inner, or outer dialogue like that, um, to where where he's going to talk to somebody like that, where he's like at at the bottom, where it's just I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, and I just need help. Um, we will never see that from Batman. But however, however, we actually get to see this from the Robin character, like I said, a a way a a a, a, pers a person, you know, uh, an actual person here instead of this godlike figure once again um and I, I think that's so humbling that somebody can be that awesome but still have these human sentences yeah chuck dixon did that same thing with nightwing because no one really had a grasp on who tim drake was or not tim drake damn i did it uh dick grayson was um fuck those names do all kind of mix together it's a lot of like uh similar sounding or you know like i don't know the names always seem too similar um, I wonder. I want the next Robin to be like uh, Skippy McKinsky. You know, you're gonna remember that. You're not gonna get confused with something else. It's a shitty name, but you'll remember it. Let's see. Tim Drake. We have 
uh, Dick Grayson, and then we also have who did you? Who did you? There's Jason Todd. Uh, for a while, it was Cassie. Um, that was for a very short period of time. Um, she was the spoiler, and then she became Robin for a while, and then she died. Uh, and now he's got his kid, right? Talia Ghul's kid. What the hell's his name? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's when I started losing interest because I was like, this kid's a douchebag. I can't stand him. And I started reading Red Robin. It just wasn't the same. And then Nightwing got moved over to that spy unit. He was no longer Nightwing. And I was like, ah, fucking DC, you're ruining it. <laughs> so I got to say, the last couple years, man, have been rough for DC. I, I kind of uh, phased out after uh, Brightest Day. After Brightest Day. Um, I think after they... I feel kind of bad because with DC, with the New 52, where they where they went through and they refreshed it and everything was great. Like, you know, granted, we lost some things here and there, but that's what happened. Um, but then their restart came so soon, so quickly, because New 52 wasn't so, it wasn't selling so great. And that's my biggest thing. It's just like, you should have stuck with that universe. You should have stuck with it instead of dropping it and starting up something else. Because at this point, I don't even know where DC is right now. No, I don't. It's uh, like a reboot. Every The reboot was to get people interested. Also, you know, to kind of clean up little messes here and there that they had created. So uh, every decade seemed okay. I mean, it seemed a little excessive, but okay. Now it's like every other year. You're like, ah. And um, that's the thing with Marvel. Marvel's just, you know, Marvel is this ever-changing landscape. But they still keep. You know, uh, whatever, whenever they do their restart, there's a general theme or general something that still sticks there. Um, the continuity stays the same for, you know, years to come, year, like, for many years to come, and then they'll do a reset. With DC, like I said, I have no idea where they were. Like, their last event that mattered was New 52 to me. Uh, I'm pretty sure more awesome things have happened, but I'm so lost. I don't know where to pick up. I don't know where to start from. Yeah. You know, I was reading, like I said, I was reading that Red Hood Arsenal, but it seemed pointless to reboot the series because it was called Red Hood and the Outlaws, which was Red Hood, Arsenal, and Starfire, and they discovered the Starfire and changed the whole series. I'm like, that, that's just dumb. Just, uh, never mind. Just keep Starfire or grab another Outlaw <laughs> or build the team. What were, uh, and then, oh, it's actually, there we go. It's called DC Rebirth, and it's not a reboot technically. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, we screwed up. Let's fix this as fast as possible. <laughs> okay, we're off, we're off topic again. Okay, oh, uh, man, oh, let's get man. to the final run of this. Uh, you know, Robin's finally setting up with Alfred the, the plan. You know, they're going to give him the trailer filled with money, and you know, he, he he's got a costume, he's got all this equipment. You're not exactly sure what he's going to do, but they have it set up. The semi's going to pull up with a fake Batman in the wheel or at the wheel or whatever. And in another time where they're just they're back into Robin's head, he's setting up this plan, and um. You're right. The best thing is when they kind of step away and let you go through his head. Because, and you're talking about with the setup with the red truck, correct? Correct. Okay. With the setup with the red truck, he's sitting here, you know, um, and, and I think what the biggest thing was, damn, if I could just drive a car, is what he kept saying, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, he mentioned trying to use Batmobile, the red truck. He, it's just like, damn, somebody get this kid to see. <laughs> uh, oh. And then we got Alfred on the other end who's uh, hacking back into Oswald's system and, and he's manipulating it with images of his puppy trying to bring him back to reality because I don't know if I mentioned it earlier but they've doped him up to the point where he's a drooling buffoon 
and trying to get him back to who he was. Exactly. And then that was that was actually part of the uh, uh I think we touched on it, but I think I actually ran over that so let me pop back. Um one of the things that happened was um Robin starting like he started once again to get down at the bottom. Um he went to Osgood's house, he did some he did some proper snooping, which he should have did in the first place. <laughs> he did some proper snooping. Uh he found out that Osgood did have this dog. Um and he was just like, I don't know what the heck this is, but you know, this 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 pictures of this dog. There's a whole lot of pictures of this dog. So I'm gonna hang on to these because this dog thinks he's important. Flash forward to um to Alfred hacking into telephone poles because at this time it's the nineties and we have uh, dial up so you can't really just sit at home and just hope for the best. So you actually have to go and so he's hopping from payphone to payphone with a laptop and a modem, um, pretty much hacking the system to get off good attention. It seems so archaic. It seems so ridiculous, but that's the way it had to be. You weren't streaming anything, people. No streaming whatsoever. So waiting had... for your what? Waiting for your pictures to oh, load. Oh God, I remember the picture. Irch, 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 irch. Online porn back then was a photo, just a photo. Like, Come on, load already, James. Hurry up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so Joker's finally there. He blows the shit out of this semi. He doesn't care about any of it. He just wants to see Joe, uh, the Batman dead. And, oh, guess what? It's a dummy. And he's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> we finally, and that's when the Joker realizes, wait, this was really all a bad thing. Because the Joker, anytime he realizes that his plan isn't going to work, he runs. That's it. He's done. And that doesn't happen. And that might happen quite often. At the end of the comics, but during the course of the comics, his plan always goes away. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's one thing here that I've always had a problem with. I love Robin's weapons, except for the stupid throwing R. I, I don't understand how that works, what the point is. It's just, like, I, I don't know. It just seems like a dumb gimmicky thing, which I'm glad I think they dumped pretty quickly. But, it, I, I mean, how's the aerodynamic? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand how it works. I, I mean, at least, you know, have it, have you know, you take a circle, you put some blades on the outside of the circle, and then in the middle of the circle, you can have, like, your little insignia. That makes sense. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> uh, you know, we don't need to go into the fight. It's just, you know, because it's hard to describe fights over a podcast, for Pete's sake. But, you know. Uh, they fight. Yeah, they can, we can make sounds if you want. Oh. Uh, King Ow! <laughs> Uh, kicking the crap out of each other, you know, Robin gets the upper hand just because he uses Joker's uh, force, his weight, against him, um, basically using a keto, and throws him into the mud. The Joker gets away. Uh, oh, no, he doesn't. No, 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 he does get captured. Why did they show that? I never even see that. He's that's No, weird. he's stuck. No, the one where he's stuck in the mud? No, yeah. he's, like, stuck in there. That's it. Okay, that's game okay. over. <laughs> uh, Osgood is saved. Uh, Batman comes back and he's like, uh, "Hey, how'd it go?" Like, like Batman wouldn't know what's going on these days. They've changed Batman so much. I mean, we're talking old school Batman where he still had a little bit of sense of humor. He had the uh, yellow logo, you know, the blue and gray costume instead of the really dark costume. And uh, he's mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, "What's what happened while I was gone?" I was like, no way would he allow this. Now. What, he drone what, did, what did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> no, Batman. We know you. Yeah. As a matter of fact. This, this entire time I was going through, I was just like, Batman's going to show up at the most 
a most convenient, inconvenient time, or he's gonna, or this is all a setup. Yeah, that is just a testing ground. I was there the whole time, but he's like, "Ooh, Coco, what happened?" <laughs> it's old school Batman, people. It's different now. I was busy on the island with the women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if we got Joker back in prison, and he's just getting a bunch of shit from Two Face, and that that was a great way to end it. Next time they meet, he will be dead. I actually don't show. remember the next showdown. I should try to hunt that down because I think it was years down the road. <laughs> but that's uh, just going through this comic. It was it was very much. I'm I'm so glad that you suggested it, and I was so I loved it. I really did. I really loved it. It, it was necessary. For Chuck Dixon to write it this way because Jason Todd wasn't liked and killed off. And they had to find a way to show, hey, this new Robin is completely different. He means business. So we got to have him face off with the guy who killed the last Robin. And sure, he's not going to defeat him, defeat him. But he's going to hold his own. Because let's remember, Joker is more of the mind, not of the body. You know, it's not like, you know, Robin took on Bane. Uh, no, he took on a guy who was fairly, you know, agile and light, but it was more about a mind game than a physical game. Exactly, and uh, it's—I I think it's more of a—you you need a well-rounded character. You need a character that can handle the Joker and Bane and Scarecrow and Clayface and the Penguin, and you know. And so now we get to see that Tim Drake can hold his own against, you know, this legendary, a legendary person. You know, this heavy hitter like the Joker. If he can hold his own against the Joker, then it's more like, hey, this is your induction. I think you might be able to do it. Yeah, so uh, definitely, it's 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 probably my favorite series, like mini-series. There's certain issues that I enjoy more. Avengers uh, Annual 10, where they introduce Rogue and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants kicking the shit out of everybody. Probably my favorite issue ever. And I gotta find it because it's really expensive, but I'm sure they've collected it somewhere. But... Uh, pound for pound, four issues of just pure quality entertainment, excellent writing, excellent art. And I'm always a sucker for the comic book art. I really am. Um, that's probably like the biggest thing of me reading comic books is just like the art itself. Um, going back, you mentioned Tom Lyle and his uh and his artwork of recent. Um, Tom Lyle did some of the artwork for The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Clone Saga. Uh, also from Guardians of the Galaxy. And I just found out that Tom Lyle was actually born here in Jacksonville, Florida. No shit. Well, maybe he's just right around the corner from your walk, away, walk around one day and you're like, hey, hold on. I just read your stuff. Yeah, holy I crap. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll try to figure out what we're going to do for the next episode, but definitely we're going to go outside the DC Marvel Universe because this is getting kind of old hat. Um, so I have Dread coming up with Jacob. I have the Big Trouble in Little China comic coming up with uh, my sister. We're actually going to discuss that, some Eric Powell stuff. And uh, you and I need to find something. Um, I do want to do cross-gen at some point, but it's a big world, and it'll take a long time for us to get into it. And, you know, we're talking probably next season. Um, but we'll try to find something. Is there anything that you've been itching to get into? Uh, as of right now, I just – so the awesome job that I do work at does have its perks. So I actually have the Comicsology website. Like they actually gave me like the unlimited Comicsology pass, and that's mine until I get fired. Oh my god! <laughs> Never get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Never get fired. But uh, Comicsology does have some pretty sweet stuff on here. Like they got originals, they got uh, graphic novels, and their 
digital number, uh, digital comics are dirt cheap. And nice. Like I, I can, like I actually just picked up the entire Robin set for like seven dollars and some change, um, I, and read through it. Seven dollars for four comics. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get a. I bought. Uh, I go to Humble. Oh, I can't talk. Humble Bundle sometimes. You know the place that you know they give away stuff really cheap to give it to charity. And I picked up like the entire GI Joe Transformers run from IDW. And then I forgot that I hate digital comics. I can't. I can't do it. It's, something feels so wrong about it. Some people, it's great. I can't do it. Um, so it's, it's, I, I, I embrace. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm the bridge. I, I really do consider myself the bridge because it's just like. If somebody like I, I get like this, this this inkling anytime somebody's like, Hey, there's comics over there and I go pick it up and I go read the physical comic or if I couldn't get it, you know, I uh, can always sit here and read through digital comics because I'm I'm a visual person. I love seeing it, I love looking at it and like the zoom feature on my big screen smartphone is just so beautiful that I can just sit there and just like look at every little detail, um I just go. I'm just nuts over it. Oh, and I gotta look at it. I gotta feel it. I gotta smell it. Old comics. Oh, they smell like a musty basement. Oh, it's disgusting and wonderful at the same time. This oh. <laughs> 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 just went. This went somewhere weird. <laughs> we should probably wrap it up. I can't believe we've been doing this for an hour now. That's crazy. I thought we'd only been talking for about 25 minutes. <clears throat> nope. I I, I I figured even for a short one. I think since we both really enjoyed it, like I was like, this is gonna be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Facebook under Retro Rocket Entertainment is where all the podcasts that we do are, and every episode of Comics on Infinite Earths. Uh, next episode, I'll just give a tease. I think I think it is gonna be Judge Dredd, but you and I, we'll we'll find something. And uh, Avery, send us out. All right, guys. Good night to everybody. Y'all uh, stay safe. Y'all find some comics, digital or physical, and read something. It doesn't have to be DC, it doesn't have to be Marvel, just find something. All right, everybody, have a good night.